Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy Halloween, WSTers and fellow luchadors. Welcome to, if you can believe this, and I'm not joking, episode 666 of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily on Halloween. Not sure how that worked out, but it did. Um, and we've got a, uh, I wouldn't say a very spooky, I think we've got some treats for you today, more than tricks, to be honest with you. Really looking forward to welcoming in Winnipeg Jets first rounder and Moose leading scorer Brad Lambert to the program. Brad's going to be jumping on in 20, 25 minutes or so. We'll uh, break down the Jets' OT loss last night to the Vegas Golden Knights and look ahead to the road trip with Mike McIntyre of the Free Press and break down all of the big stories in and around the hockey clubs. They uh, set out for Sin City today. And we are going to talk a little football later on. Can't wait to get John Hodge from Three Down Nation. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming CFL semifinals. And uh, I just need someone to talk about how the Bisons made the playoffs on the weekend. So we'll get into that. And who knows? Trade deadline day in the National Football League. Maybe we'll have some big news at some point over the course of the next couple hours while we're live here on YouTube. I am hearing that Josh Dobbs is headed to the Vikings in a trade to uh, help them replace the massive absence of Kirk Cousins, who's out for the remainder of the season after tearing his Achilles in Lambeau Field against the Packers on the weekend. So Brad Lambert, Mike McIntyre, John Hodge, we got a busy one. And uh, it's a busy night, of course. Big night tonight for uh, the kids and trick-or-treaters. Not as busy a night in the National Hockey League. Just a couple of games on tap. We do have a World Series game, so we'll get to that as well coming up a little later on in the Cool Bet lines. Um, Just before we welcome in Michael Remus, big shout-out to everybody in chat. Happy Halloween to all of you. Hit that thumbs-up button if you haven't already, and make sure to hit the red subscribe button. And... uh, Halloween greetings and thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors, including Princess Auto, Coolbit Canada, Canadian Club. Might be actually nice to pour a little CC for you while you uh, wait for the kids to drop by the doorstep today. Uh, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Consolidated Supply, and of course our friends at Little Brown Jug and the Winnipeg Jets. All right, let's get into it. Michael Remus joins us now. Remo, happy Halloween. How how in the world is this episode 666? Uh, We did not plan that, but it just worked out. Just a wild coincidence. Yeah, we didn't plan anything. That's just how it worked out. Episode 666 of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily on Halloween 2023. I don't know. I don't have I don't have an answer, <laughs> but it's pretty well. Someone figured it out a couple of weeks ago uh, that it was going to be Halloween. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. Uh, I guess. We, so hey, Laura, we're here to talk about it. Yeah. For those of you listening on the podcast, I am wearing. I was saying to Dusty on the lock shop, I'm like, geez, it's Halloween. I should do something. When I didn't really plan for a costume. Well, I'll just go into my drawer full of luchador masks and pull one out. This is the one I actually, I think I got this in Minnesota at a Vikings game um, and wore it to a few Vikes games back in the uh, back in the day with some of the some pals, uh, you know, heading down for it. I'm not sure whether I'll be able to uh, wear it for the entire duration because I can't wear my glasses. I cannot see. 
Uh, I'm not sure if I sound okay on it, but I do feel a little bit muffled. But uh, podcast listeners, we we did embrace Halloween in some in some shape, <laughs> way, or form. I've got a luchador mask, and Michael Remus is dressed as Michael Remus from 2015. No, I got I got I got to wear a funny hat today, right? I got my Yahtzee hat. See, it says Yahtzee on it. Like, who makes a who has a new era hat with the Yahtzee logo? <laughs> the board game. Where uh, in the world did that come from? Seriously. The, the best part is uh the best part is the underbill Huss is like the Yahtzee board game where you fill out <laughs> if you got like three of a kind or full house. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, I had to put something on. I don't know, maybe I'll go dig out something for the end of the show. We'll see. Well, uh we won't we'll never top Gary Lawless wearing the full Barney costume back in the uh in the studio in the old days. What a what a moment that was! But um, yeah, listen. I mean, uh, it was a big Halloween weekend. I know everyone rocked out and uh, dressed up and did all the parties on the weekend. And now it's just time to take care of the kids. Um, I, I imagine like your neighborhood tonight. It's going to be insane around there, Reem. Uh, you're going to have to spend uh, you know, do what I suggested. People maybe pour yourself a CC and just sit at the doorstep for two hours as hundreds of kids come by your house. Um. We did the, you know, we've done a, a spreadsheet just like hour by hour of when we get kids. I think the last couple of years. Halloween analytics? Yeah, we have Halloween analytics. <laughs> yeah, my wife says, yeah, you got to know. Well, you got to know how much candy to buy. You got to be able to project out what, what's happening. So I think we only get like between 30 and 40 a year the last couple of years. So we actually have a ton of leftover candy, which is great for me. Um so I get what I I like the box with the coffee crisp, Arrow. What else is in that one? Kit Kat, uh, Smarties. Although I don't I don't like the Smarties. <laughs> we ended up having a ton of Skittles last year, which got got bad after a while. So we'll see what happens. I'll see my son's candy. I think he likes going trick or treating. He's four, but he doesn't really like candy. Uh, so uh, what? Just, uh, yeah, he doesn't like candy. Really? Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he takes like one bite. He's like, eh. So I'll just eat his candy. Well, listen, I know, I know you're definitely up for that. Um, <laughs> that's actually, like, you probably brainwashed him with this exact plan in order. It's like, hey, we're going to come by Halloween. He's going to think it sucks, and I'm going to get to crush it all. Well, I don't know. He likes, like, he's getting ready, saying, walking around saying, trick or treat to uh, smell my feet. So he likes, <laughs> likes doing that. <laughs> But he doesn't like it. Last year, he like, got a ton of candy, and I just ate it. Uh, hey, speaking of candy, and we'll get to a legit why not question of the day later on today for uh, Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. But I would like to, just before we get down to business and talk about this hockey game last night and the team head out on the road and everything else happening in the world of sports, tonight it is all about the candy. In the chat, why not question of the day, what is the number one the number one candy that you would like to get, like if you if you were still trick or treating, if you're still in the game, and you went up, what's the number one thing in the bag? I have to think. Thinking back to my trick or treating days, I certainly was always the most excited when I got the when I got the peanut butter cup. Yeah, I was got a lot of those. Not, I'm not a big. I mean, I like peanut butter cup. I'm more. I think maybe even more of a Reese's Pieces guy, but coffee crisp, uh, Mars. Was always my favorite. I hated Kit Kat growing up, but now I really like it. Uh, I think those are ones that stand out to me. Crunch is good. A lot of Mr. Big 
I'm not a big there's I don't like Mr. Big. Uh Crunchy, I don't like Crunchy. So I think I'm Crunchy's a controversial one. Crunchy's yeah. definitely you either really like it or you don't like it. Okay. And for everyone that was saying, oh, Big Turk is one of the best chocolate bars, when was the last time you saw anyone get a Big Turk at Halloween? Like, it's, it's non-existent. And that's another reason why Big Turk is towards the bottom of the power pole. That is going to trigger many people, I know, because most people don't like Big Turk, but the ones that love it, like, ride or die till the end for the Big Turk. I would say Eat More too, sort of down there. I bought, I went into Shoppers to grab some... Diet Pepsi or whatever, and I couldn't help but say, well, what <laughs> if there are some kids in and around the building that come by? I want to have something. So, again, this is a straight-up personal purchase, but I did get a 50-pack, I think, of mixed M&Ms, Snickers, Twix, and yeah, Mars. That's pretty, a good one. Pretty good combo of those ones. I didn't say caramel to uh, someone in the chat. There's Everyone's just throwing stuff out on the on the chat, and everyone does know has the person giving it with the full-size Chocolate bars is a uh, is a big winner, as well. But I also don't mind like variety. Like a full size bar is nice, but like multiple mini size bar that equal full size bar that's good too because then you get a lot of different different kinds. Sometimes, you know, one giant of the same it just gets to be too much. <clears throat> okay, speaking of the full size <laughs> bars, quickly on this, is giving out full size bars a big time flex on the rest of your neighbors? <laughs> when all the kids come back home and there's like two full-size Mr. Pigs or something like that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, everyone will remember where those came from. It's like, true. if you want to make an impression, if you want to make a statement that you are a baller on your block, the full-size bars might be the best way to do that. And everyone will know at the end of trick-or-treating who was giving out the full-size bars. It is a power move, uh, the full-size, the full, giving out the full-size bar. I've never done it. I kind of just, you know... We buy more candy than we have kids, so I just take a handful, whatever we have, and just toss it toss it in there. You got it. All right. Well, anyways, there's our quick uh, Halloween State of the Union to get things going on Winnipeg Sports mm -hmm. Talk. Let's get into it last night. Um, the return of Blake Wheeler. Um, we'll get to the game in a second, Reem. Um now, I, I, anyone that was in the building, I guess they didn't play this on television. I Maybe I'm a little surprised at that. I'm not sure. But I know they've got a lot of things they got to pay for during uh, during uh, breaks in the game. But second TV timeout, right around the middle of the first period, um, the Winnipeg Jets dropped that video. And um, very quickly, everyone knew what was happening. I mean, the entire building uh, was, on their, was on their feet, clapping for Blake. Um, one of the best best welcome back moments we've had in Jets 2.0 history. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you could tell it meant a lot to Wheeler. Um, certainly his family who was there, I believe the Jets gave the Wheeler family um, the uh, the box that often management or ownership or family sits in. And that was why it looked like there was an APHA Rangers team there. It was all the Wheeler kids <laughs> with all their friends in their 17 Wheeler jerseys. But it was incredibly well done. And I'm sure the guys that were putting this together in the office had, I mean, frankly, they had 11 years of highlights, of community appearances, of uh, of Blake Wheeler as a Winnipeg Jet, as the face of the franchise for many of those years. So it was incredibly well done. Um, it was great to see the reception that Blake got from the fans at that point. And, um, and then it was on with a very, very tight hockey game. But uh, 
certainly I was always wondering how this would go, Rivo, because it was kind of strange circumstances that Blake left the club being bought out after losing the captaincy the year uh, the uh, a year ago. Uh, but last night wasn't about maybe the end. It was about the body of work. And I think everyone would agree. The body of work that Blake Wheeler gave this club since 2011 was um, as significant as maybe anybody in the 2.0 era. Yeah, 100%. He's a franchise leader, has in so many categories. And you almost forget, you know, you think of Blake Wheeler now, you almost forget like how young he was in some of those uh, old videos and pictures. You know, when the team came back, been here for so long. Again, you know, team leader in points many seasons, uh, franchise leader in many categories. And what he, I think he spoke to, you know, what a New York outlet after saying about his emotions, saying, you know, he's grateful for it. And almost like, you know, it's almost like you can't believe that all of that is for, is for yourself uh, watching it. So he definitely meant a lot to the organization, part of a lot of great times and, uh, you know, the Jets always have a classy, you know, welcome back video. And certainly, uh, you know, it was emotional in the building last night for sure. Yeah, it was. And, you know, and credit to everyone that had a, that had a piece of all of that. And I'll say this about Blake. I mean, listen, he's had run-ins with the media and he's at times come off, um, you know, was combative, um, you know, bad mood Blake. Um, you know, we joked about before. Um, who often always, when he was bad mood, Blake came up with one of his biggest games. Uh, I always seem to find. Um, but I think there was a lot of reflection from Wheeler um, in the interviews that he gave yesterday, heading into the game and the one afterwards. You know about the way things that, that it went down, and um, you know he even mentioned that you know even at this age, you know he's learning more and learning more about himself and. Listen, I, we won't get into, you know, whether there's certain parts of his time here or things that happened, um, you know, under his captaincy that he regrets. Um, but I was, listen, it was just nice to see um, Winnipeg and the organization thank Blake, welcome him back, and uh, and then see this hockey team that he's playing for um, <clears throat> go toe-to-toe with the Winnipeg Jets for 60-plus minutes. Unfortunately... Uh, the Jets weren't able to get the two points. Um, uh, Rima, how did you see the game before I kind of get into mm. uh, get into my thoughts? Yeah, the the sorry, the quote I was saying, Murat tweeted this out from the Rangers room. Uh, Wheeler said, "I've used the word grateful a million times now, but that was the first emotion. I was choking back some tears, but overall, you just feel a little uncomfortable having all of that for you." And that was uh, that was Blake Wheeler. It was nice to see his family in the. APHA Rangers. <laughs> that was a nice, nice reference. Rangers jersey. Hey, if you're the South, if you're from the South End of the West Side and played hockey as a kid, yeah. you're very familiar with it, those Rangers jerseys. And uh, it just reminded me of a group night at a Moose game. And then we realized that, oh, well, actually, no, those are New York Rangers and they're all Wheeler jerseys for uh, the Wheeler family and their friends. I don't, we're probably dating. I don't even know if it's still called that, Huss. Like all the teams that I played on uh, have changed, have merged and change their names. But anyways, we'll go to the game last night. You know, a pretty even game. It was certainly there for the Jets uh, for the taking. And we almost like predicted what the key storyline was going to be yesterday. We talked about how good the Rangers power play is. And we talked about uh, the Jets power play needing a bit of a boost and putting Cole Perfetti on there. Well, Cole Perfetti certainly gave them a boost with two assists, but neither of them were on the power play. Uh, I don't know how much time has like David Gustafson played with Cole Perfetti and then played the rest of the NHL because he scored two goals with Cole Perfetti. They haven't even been on the same same line. <laughs> he's turned him into a, a goal scorer here. He hadn't scored in like almost four years, and now he's got two 
in the last couple of games here. But, I mean, power plays, uh, I think that's what it is for me. Uh, as the Jets couldn't score on theirs, and they were 0 for 3, and they kind of just passing around looking for the open shot that didn't come. And, you know, they put Cole Perfetti. I, you know, I thought he was going to be where Ehlers was on the top, you know, on the top left point, but he was kind of down low, and I, I don't know if that was the most effective spot for him. So they've got to figure out ways to generate shots on net, and uh, the Rangers' power play was 1 for 3. And, oh, and that was kind of the difference there where the Jets, you know, got a courtesy power play at the end has Appleton falling and uh, the Rangers defenseman getting called for. And they had a power play in overtime and, and they couldn't score. And then the Rangers sc- scored. So, I mean, five on five, fairly even. Um, but the, I think power play is a big thing. So that you look at, you know, you look at uh, just the last couple games here, the Jets have gone perfect on the penalty kill once. This season, so they're basically allowing a power play goal every game. And in the fourth game in the row, they were scoreless on the power play. So if every single game you're giving up a power play goal and not scoring one, I mean, that's tough. Uh, to their credit, though, I mean, they've been scoring goals. This is their second time this year. They scored under two, or I guess they scored scored two. But uh, and what we say all last year, oh, over two and you win because you have Connor Hellebuck. So, I mean, both goalies are great, but uh, special teams, I thought, was the difference. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, you can uh, you can look on this on, at two sides. Um, you know, they have points in five straight games. Yep. They've got eight of the last ten. Um, they've been playing very well at five on five. That's the good. Counter Hellebuck's back and is playing brilliantly. Um, the bad is that the special teams just isn't getting it done right now. And, I mean, that was a game that was absolutely there for the taking. And you mentioned that, I mean, borderline gift call the Winnipeg Jets got right at the end of regulation, which actually gave them a four-on-three power play for the first, whatever, minute 45. Um, And they're just not generating enough right now. I mean, I understood why they made the change with Perfetti moving from uh, PP2 to PP1 and trying to get a different look. It didn't look that much better last night, um, unfortunately, for the Winnipeg Jets. Perfetti, though, um, had a monster game. And I mean, we talked yesterday about you know, some of the rumblings and we heard from Merrick and uh, Elliot, you know, about the ice time early on in the season. And I kind of said, listen, let's pump the brakes. And, you know, especially when the team is winning, um, maybe like let's ease into this before we've got five alarm fires about um, playing time numbers for a young player like Cole. Hey, he he took it all out of everybody's hands last night. Um, when he's playing like that and generating, it it seemed to me as like last night. Every time that line with Nikolai Ehlers and Nemetsnikov, along with Perfetti, was on the ice, that they were living in the other team's zone and generating some pretty nice opportunities. And of course, you mentioned Gus, second goal of the season. Gotta feel great for Gustafson after being so snake bit for the last few seasons. Um. And it was Perfetti and, and, and Nikolai Ehlers that were, um, you know, right there involved in the other goal that the Winnipeg Jets had. I mean, if they could have gotten anything from special teams, either just being even on the PK, never mind scoring one in the power play, they win that game. So you can certainly look at it as a point lost. Um, they did, though, get to the extra frame. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a weird overtime because we didn't get a lot of three-on-three. Three, but when we did get out three-on-three, um, Kyle Connor lost track of his guy, and it was behind the net. And I know Doug Phil said at least it wasn't a shootout. I'll be honest, and maybe I'm in the minority here. Um, when we were getting down towards the end of overtime, 
I was actually hoping, I was looking forward to a shootout last night. Two of the best goaltenders in the world who were both on their games last night. Um, that could have been in a 10 or 11 round shootout the way the goaltenders were playing, if you ask me. Um, because pretty much every goal that went in, um, the goalies had little to no chance on. And while we're talking about goaltending, Remus, the save that Connor Hellebuck made on the goal line, mm-hmm. well, technically blocking, what was it, Zabinijad and one of the other players from, from tapping the puck that was on the goal line and allowing the defense to clear. Hellebuck's made a lot of wild saves, and he's done it in a lot of different ways. I can't remember a save like that. And the strength that he had in putting his arm back and blocking those sticks was absolutely incredible. Another big highlight from last night. Yeah. Um, that was uh, quite the way I thought that was for sure. Going in the puck, bouncing on the goal line, Hellebuck reaching back and not grabbing the puck, Hus, but grabbing the opponent's sticks. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it certainly saved a goal. And Brendan Dillon goes in and scoops it out of the out of the goal line. Uh, one highlight we do have to mention, Nikolai Ehlers. I was surprised to hear this number, 400th career point. Yeah. On, on a wraparound. That wasn't like a wraparound short side where you tuck it in. That was like an NHL 94, like through the legs uh, wraparound. That was uh, pretty well done. And as yeah, those that line was great, Huss, when they were on the ice and only for nine minutes at five on five, outshot their opponents uh, 17 to seven and... Uh, Nikolai Ehlers' ice time in the game uh, was quite low. I think it was like 13 minutes per yeah, 13:49. Perfetti and Nemestikov were a bit more, but you mentioned special teams. Like just, and I know you know overall for the Jets, I think you got to be positive. They played well, five on five. Their game has been solid and consistent. But in special teams, on the penalty kill, 29th in the league, 71.9 percent, and power play is. Just about the same at 11%, 28th in the league, 11.8%. So uh, that's not going to get it done long term, but short term, they're th- what, third in the central. Uh, their winning percentage, in terms of winning percentage, I know they played a couple more games, but I think you have to be happy with the way it's gone, but there's certainly been some points left on the board here. Well, and and listen, you're not beating a team like Vegas if uh, you're at a big deficit on special teams considering the way that team plays five on five. And frankly, the Coyotes lit up uh, the Blackhawks last night. So we'll get to all of that. Mike McIntyre is going to join us a little later on. We've got a very special guest to get things going in just uh, in just one moment. Hey, before we do that, let me give a, a big thanks to our great sponsors over at Canadian Club. As I mentioned, it is Halloween night. If you're uh, sitting back waiting for the kids to show up at the door, a little uh, CC, uh, maybe some CC and ginger, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey might be a great addition to it. Um, But for you whiskey lovers, in addition to maybe having a few sips tonight for Halloween, November 4th, this Saturday is the day the premium spirits released by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries and Canadian Club has a limited one-time release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask. $79.99, available right now. It would be a great gift for the holidays as well. So, sat- uh, so Saturday, November 4th, that's when this all goes on sale. Pick it up, $79.99 for the 15-year-old Sherry Cask Canadian Club Invitation Series. 
Of course, you can get the great taste of Canadian Club, proud sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And don't forget all those delicious CC and gingers we've been enjoying all summer at IG Field. Those are available at your local beer store as well. Um, hey, we put the finishing touches on the Movember team. Shout out to all the guys. We'll kind of get that going tomorrow, but really thankful for the response for everybody. Uh, of course, if you guys need to get the stash shaved tonight or tomorrow morning, do it down at Modern Man Barbershop. Modern Man has eight locations in Winnipeg, including new locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. And fellas, they've got you covered with it all. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look at your nearest modern man via modernmanbarber.com and give him a follow on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. And, uh, hey, you know, I, I know we've talked a lot about pools and the great work that Aquatech does to make the summers that much more enjoyable. Well, right now, it's all about whole home renovations at Aquatech. Uh, with thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And hey, a big shout out to the gang at Manitoba Battery. It cooled down. We got a bunch of snow. Ugh, winter is pretty much here, gang. And you know what that means? you got to get proactive. Don't get stuck on the side of the road because your battery's not going to get you through the winter. Talk to Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery and get set up. Whether your car, your truck, you'll be guaranteed the best price in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And the best thing about Manitoba Battery is their service. They'll deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Go to manitobabattery.com to order. Give them a phone call at 783-8787 or pop down and see Donnie and his great staff, including free battery checks. If you want to see where you're at, you can do that down at 1026 Logan Avenue. All right, let's get into it. Very special guest joining us right now. We know him as a uh, first-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, if you've been paying attention to what's going on with the Moose right now, he is the leading scorer with a scintillating nine points in the first six games, coming off two big wins for the Moose in Texas on the weekend. Let's welcome into Winnipeg Sports Talk, Brad Lambert. Brad, what's going on? It's great to have you on the program. No, much. Thanks for having me. Uh, good times. Were you out at the Iceplex, a little practice with the fellas today? And then are you guys going to trick-or-treating later or what? Yeah, I just, uh, just finished practice, so it was, uh, it was good to get back at it after those travel days, but uh, I think I'll skip on the trick-or-cheating. <laughs> hey, um, uh, first off, congratulations. What a great start for you and uh, and the club. Um, I mean, we'll kind of get into a little bit more about the you know how, how you're, you're playing, who you're playing with, but overall, half a dozen games in, uh, how are you feeling about where the team is at and uh, your start to the season? Yeah, feeling uh, really good about it. I mean, obviously got got two big wins in Texas, Uh Oh, a couple, couple comebacks have have been huge for us, and uh, you know, so it was, it was a big, big four points over the last last weekend. To, uh, you know, kind of improve that record. Um, you know, I mean, listen, you, you did have a taste of the AHL last year, but uh, coming in, starting out right out of the gate, you've had this great start. Uh, how much more comfortable are you right now, playing at this level and uh, playing up in the lineup for the Manitoba Moose than maybe getting your feet wet as a, a younger player last season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's good to know, you know, everything about Winnipeg, know all the guys, felt really comfortable coming in, which which obviously helps uh, and translates into on the ice, you know, just being 
being more comfortable around the guys. We've got a great group of guys, and, uh, you know, every time coming to the rink's a lot of fun. So I think that that, that helps a lot. Um, Brad, uh, listen, before we talk about this year and where you're at right now and what's going on with the club, I want to go back to last season. Um, it was a very unique season for a player coming out of your draft. I mean, you were here at a great camp. I mean, uh, you brought people out of your seat in the in the preseason game. You played in the American League. You played at the World Junior. You played at in the uh, in juniors and went all the way to Memorial Cup. I mean, so many different teams, so many different games. I mean, what was what when you look back at that season? Um, what stands out for you, and um, how challenging was it at one side, and how beneficial was it to to play in so many different areas? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think in a way, obviously, the moving around's tough. Uh, the toughest part of it, you know, other than that, you're you're go obviously meeting meeting new guys, new teammates. But uh, you know, every every team I went to last year was had great great guys, and uh, you know, I got along with them really well. But uh, the the moving around during the season wasn't ideal, but uh, you know, I got got used to the lifestyle in, in Seattle pretty quick as well. So, uh, and you could also take a lot from the different experiences that I had, uh, you know, playing, playing pro, getting my first uh, preseason NHL games was, was awesome. And, uh, you know, then going back to playing, playing junior for the first time, you know, with my own age group for, for a long time. So, uh, that was, that was a nice experience. And then the Memorial Cup's obviously the best on best tournament and, in junior which was which was a cool experience and uh so yeah a lot of a lot of good experiences and uh you know a lot, you know a lot of stuff you can learn from um you know tell us about i mean you know looking back a year ago you're playing a north american pro for the first time obviously you played with men over in uh, in, in europe beforehand what did yeah. you learn about the american hockey league in your first stint um that might be helping you right now with this great start you're having yeah, I think just it's a different game than it is in Europe. Uh, you know, it's a faster pace. Uh, more, you want to go more north, north, south. Uh, you know, play fast, keep the puck moving. Uh, you know, in in Europe, it's a lot of east-west action, and you know, guys go backwards here. Here, you forecheck Carter and and everything like that. So that was, you know, I think the biggest difference coming over from Europe uh, to playing in the American League. Um, and then the second half of the season, you end up with the Seattle Thunderbirds and, of course, end up being in the WHL final playing here in Winnipeg in the downtown arena against the ice. Um, you won that and then went to the Memorial Cup. I mean, you had big numbers and you were playing on a great team that was, you know, obviously one of the best in all of Canadian junior hockey. What did that experience do for you from a confidence level, um, but also allowing you to play in a position that you're at right now, top line minutes, top power play that maybe wasn't there earlier in the season in your previous stops. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. You know, for me, I think the confidence has always been there. It was just, uh, you know, getting that opportunity was was great. Uh, you know, I had a couple of great line mates, uh, always playing with good players. And, uh, you know, to, to, like, make a difference, be a difference maker, I think that was the, the biggest thing, to just be put in that situation and, uh, you know, uh, show that I can do it. Uh, what was the offseason like? Um, did you take a lot of time away from hockey? You played a lot. You mentioned about how much you traveled. I mean, uh, what did you do in the offseason? Was it mainly spent back in Finland? Yeah, obviously the season ended pretty late. So uh, it ended in 
put it in June, June 10th or something like that. Uh, so I didn't go and we had, uh, what's it called? Development camp, uh, July 7th. So I only had a month in between that. So pretty much I took that off, went to Saskatoon, spent some time with family there and, uh, you know, then came to, came to, uh, development camp. Then I flew back, back home to Finland for a couple of weeks. And after that, uh, I spent two weeks there. And then after that, it was, it was all training in Toronto. So uh, that was busy. What uh, when you're back in Finland and you're getting away from hockey, um, yeah. how do you spend your summer? I mean, what uh, what 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 were the highlights of things that had nothing to do with your job? Oh, I golfed like five five six times a week, one week. So, is golf uh, pretty big in Finland as well? Uh, yeah, I think it's getting bigger. Uh, people are getting into it a lot more. Uh, I think it used to be more of a North American thing, but uh, you know, there's more courses, more people playing in Finland now too. No, that's uh, that's really neat. Brad Lambert's with us from the uh, from Manitoba Moose. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it was a short summer. Um, how do, would you compare this year's Winnipeg Jets training camp for you as opposed to your first NHL camp last year? Yeah, you know, obviously it was different. Uh, this year they had me playing center. Last year I was playing wing. So, but you know, I thought it I thought it went pretty well. Uh, you know, it was an awesome experience. Obviously, get the get to play games at basically the highest pace pace there is, is, is huge. And, uh, you know, take away, take away some stuff from there. And, uh, you know, now, now try to develop as much as I can in the American league and hopefully, you know, get it, get another shot. Um, what, um, you know, when, uh, when you get assigned to the moose as a young player, I'm sure, I mean, that was probably the plan all along. Um, what sort of communication is there with the coaching staff of the Winnipeg jets? And I mean, what's the message for you, when you get to Manitoba, um, playing in the role you're at right now, I mean, what what are they looking for you um, to do night in and night out? And how is that? Um, did you get much direction, I guess, as far as, you know, what they're looking to see you grow as a young player? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest message was grow my, grow my game off the puck, uh, you know, defensive zone, also off the puck, like uh, playing offense off the puck, uh, getting into positions to get the puck, moving the puck when I have it give and go goes the stuff like that but i think the biggest thing was just uh you know my play off the puck and and trying to improve that you know you, you mentioned defense and that's often i mean just so many talented players like yourself that come in that you know we know you've got the offensive chops um you you move up a, a few levels if you will going to the national hockey league and playing against the best in the world how would you compare the defensive game from what you grew up playing in finland to the American league to, you know, what you were able to do in junior, like how different is that? Or does it all come down to the same things and doing the little things, right? Uh, a lot of it's, yeah, doing the little things, right. But in Finland, it's, a, it's a, like I said, it's a lot slower. It's more structured, maybe, well, not more structured, but more like, uh, sit back, uh, trap, like five guys going backwards. A lot of the time here, it's more, you know, go hard you got to think faster I feel like because you know you're not just sitting back you have to go 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 so and think at the same time so I think that's the biggest difference um Brad um you know so we kind of talked about your last year and uh, how nomadic it was the short off season your second NHL training camp um how would you uh attribute your hot start um is it just a little bit more comfortable I mean you're growing into your game more I mean not 
um, you've had this wonderful first six games. I mean, uh, how's that all coming together? Yeah, I think, you know, I've been, I've been getting a good opportunity, you know, playing, playing big minutes, playing with great players with Jeff and Jeff and Fordle there. And I, you know, they're grading down low in the corners and, uh, you know, get me the puck out front and, and they can bury it too. So, uh, you know, playing with great players, getting an opportunity and, you know, just trying to contribute any way I can. You know, I wanted to ask you about your line mates. You just mentioned Jeff Mallott and Parker Ford. And Parker Ford was a guy that, I mean, most people weren't very familiar with. He signed at the end of last season. This was his first camp, made a great impression in training camp. And uh, and Jeff Mallott has been, I mean, one of our favorite guys from the Moose to talk to on this program. He is such a good dude, but also a guy that's been able to, uh, you know, make it happen and doing it at a high level in the American Hockey League. Tell us a little bit about those guys and uh, your connection with them on that Moose top line. Yeah, no, they're great, great players and great guys, as you said. Uh, you know, Jeff's a big body, power forward. You know, gets gets the job done down low, can handle the puck well, protect the puck better than a lot of guys I've ever seen. One of the best I've ever seen protecting the puck down low. So, uh, you know, it's tough to get him off the puck, and that makes my job easy. You know, just try to try to get open in front of the net, and uh, you know, he'll he'll find you and. Uh, Fordos, you know, fast, fearless, uh, obviously great at making plays, smart player. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great. It's, uh, you know, easy to center, center those two guys. Um, uh, Brad, uh, tell us about, um, Mark Morrison, um, uh, how he's helping you right now, lead the team and uh, our old pal, Nolan Baumgartner, I'm sure uh, a big part of that coaching staff as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, even last year, you know, Bomber, Bomber and I used to watch video, you know, a lot. So that's, that's helped me a lot. And, uh, you know, Mo pulls me aside and watches video with me and, and, you know, they help me and they know what the, what it takes to get to the jets. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're helping me in that regard a lot. Um, Brad, I'm interested in what it's like being part of the moose sort of away from the rink. I mean, uh, a very young team. I mean, you've got yourself and Chibrikov and, uh, Jilkin, just to name a few. I mean, you have a little crew of the young guys that uh, hang out a lot away from the rink. Uh, tell us about the the vibe and the culture of the Moose right now with so many young players. Yeah, no, the vibe in the dressing room is obviously awesome. Uh, away from the rink, you know, mostly just go home, spend spend my time there, get some rest in. We don't have too much time to, you know, do too many things. But whenever we can, obviously, yesterday I, I went uh, went over to Chaz's house. He's got a place downtown. We're not living together this year, so. Uh, you know, still like hanging out with him and uh you know all the young guys are awesome and all the old guys as well you know they've taken all of us in and awesome so it's been great um brad looking ahead i mean uh, you guys are back at home on uh saturday and sunday 2 p.m by the way gang if you want to win some tickets to one of the games on the weekend go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click on contest uh we've got an opportunity to get out to the game right now um do you find that sometimes, especially when you're having such a good start and you're feeling it right now and things are going well, it's sometimes tough to go through these long weeks where you don't play again until the weekend? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you want to keep it going and, uh, you know, get us you're, you're, you know, in your groove. So you want to want to keep playing. But this is the way it is. It's uh, every weekend. So, you know, I just try to, try to you know, keep keep my level up in practice, try to, uh, you know, keep keep the pace up and treat practices sometimes even like games so uh but yeah it's it's tough not to play for for through the weekdays hopefully after i think after this weekend we have we have more week games so uh that'll be nice but uh yeah it's it's a little tough playing just weekends 
Hey, one other thing I'm interested to know. I mean, you've got sort of this unique situation where the NHL club and the AHL club is in the same city. You're very close to the organization. I'm sure you guys have everything you need. But how much do you pay attention and keep track to uh, of what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets? And um, do you guys get out to games at all when you're off? I mean, to fill us in on what that's like being with the AHL affiliate, knowing that's where you want to end up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, that's a great part of the this whole uh, organization here is, you know, that the AHL is close and, you know, I'm sure they're watching us and, and you can watch them and learn. I try to try to watch, uh, you know, most of their games. Uh, don't, don't go to too many, but uh, try to catch them on TV. So, uh, you know, get my rest and also not hanging around at the games downtown. Uh, Brad Lambert's with us. Uh, Brad, you've had this great start, nine points in six games. You're doing it in the middle. How are you enjoying being back at center, and is that where you feel most comfortable and where you uh, hope to stay moving into the NHL at some point? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, uh, I I played center growing up, uh, you know, until I played pro in Finland. They moved me to the wing. But, uh, you know, that's where I, where I feel the most comfortable. I feel like I can use my speed the best, and, uh, you know, so – Obviously, some things I need to work on, face-offs, down low, battles, stuff like that, getting stronger. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on those every day, trying to get better. And at the same time, you know, be able to use my strength down the middle is, is great. Brad, listen, this has been a lot of fun having you on the program. Congratulations on the great start. Good luck to you and the Moose at home, 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we'll keep on following the, uh, the club and hopefully can catch up a little later on this season. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. There's Brad Lambert. What a start he and the Moose have had. Um, Two big wins in Texas on the weekend. And uh, leading the Manitoba Moose, second in rookie scoring right up there near the top. Six games, four goals, five assists for nine points for Brad Lambert. And just looking at the Moose lineup right now, another reason why if you haven't gone out and checked this team out, definitely worth your while. Um you know, it's something that Mark Chipman talked about in there, um, in the interview that he did with Darren Drager, the internal excitement in the club about all the young players that they've turned pro this season. Um, and again, Brad Lambert, nine points. Nikita Chibrikov, eight points in six games right now. Um, Chaz Lucius has played four games. He's got a goal and two assists. Danny Jilkin getting his first pro goal, one and one and two. I mean, there's a... A lot of uh, a lot of young talent, exciting young talent that hopefully we'll see at some point in Winnipeg Jet jerseys right now. Um, but um, great start for the club, and uh, great to have Brad join us today on the program. Um, listen, uh, speaking of those Jets, on the road now for the next three games, and then back for a big homestand. And speaking of the Moose, I know they're doing a fun Moose promo. Uh, Moose Night um, coming up, their next home game against the Predators on the 7th, I believe that is. Or so maybe it's the 9th. Um, very much looking forward to seeing about that because, I mean, obviously we know that you know, Moose in a lot of ways birthed the Winnipeg Jets and there were some, certainly some guys like Jimmy Roy and Mike Keane that are working in the organization and then legends like Jason Jaffrey as well. Looking forward to that game and certainly another big one. But if you want to look at tickets for the upcoming homestand, um, you've got that game on the Thursday against Nashville and then Saturday. Don't forget Remembrance Day. The game has been moved from 3 o'clock to 2 p.m. That one's against the Dallas Stars on a super Saturday here in the peg. 
2 p.m. hockey game downtown, 5.30 West final kickoff for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the winner of BC and in Calgary. Of course, you can get ticket information uh, at winnipegjets.com. Looking at ticket packages as well if you're uh, thinking about jumping on board. Hey, uh, got to thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. Folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too, Vita Health is the spot. Six locations and online at myvita.ca. A fully shoppable website as well, and you can order online. If you get that order in by 11 o'clock, same-day delivery available throughout Winnipeg. If it's after 11, you'll get that order early the following day. And, hey, listen, I know the holidays around the corner. People are a little stressed with the snow that's on the ground. Do not let the stress of this time of year get to you. Try Health First Ashwagandha Supreme, known for its stress-lowering effects. Effective for reducing mental stress, anxiety, cortisol levels, and even stress-related food cravings. And Health First Ashwagandha Supreme on sale all month at Vita Health, family-owned and operated since 1936. Empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Oh, we've got to thank our friends at Wallace & Wallace. You know that they are the fencing and overhead door experts in town. Fencing. I mean, you've seen their trucks and fences all over the city. Um, you might not see as many direct results of all their work on overhead garage doors, but they have the biggest selection in town as the Clopay dealer in Manitoba. They also do great maintenance. And listen, this is the time to figure it out because that overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer. Now they're moving into winter, though, is when your garage door really works hard. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is, of course, Wallace & Wallace. And, hey, um, you know, I know Brad was just on. I mean, you see the young men looking all sharp and dapper heading into their games. Uh, whether you're a hockey player that needs to uh, up your menswear game um, or you just look into the closet and realize that it is about time to step it up, the best place to do that Really, the only place you need to go is F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street. Uh, the FMLS have so much waiting for you, including custom suits beginning at $400, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And hey, if you're getting married or you're in a wedding party standing up for one of your boys on the big day, Talk to the gang at F. There's nothing worse than returning a tux and spending all that money for one weekend. Um, get great-looking suits that you can wear far beyond the big day. And if the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel, you get a 15% discount. Find out more in-store, 190 Smith Street downtown, or check them out online or make an appointment to go in and see them at F. That's E-P-H-Apparel.com. All right, let's bring in Mike McIntyre. Coming off a fun chat with Brad Lambert. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Happy Halloween uh, to all those out there. You know, Huss, I was I was looking for a last-minute costume idea, something that would maybe terrify Winnipeggers, horrify them, shock and scare them. And I, I came up with the obvious idea. I'm going to go as the Winnipeg Jets power play. That's pretty terrifying these days, isn't it? Uh, it is, Mike. Uh, the power play 
is absolute. That is a trick, certainly not a treat. And uh, there we go, double mask action on the side by side here. Um, <laughs> what a mask that is right what now. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, this is why you watch the YouTube show. And we got Piper, uh, who is not a fan. Piper. I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, this was a this was made by my son, I believe, in uh, in like middle school. It's it's actually really painful. I don't know how long I can keep it on for because it's it's cutting into my temple. <laughs> Do you have a costume tonight, or are you just uh, sitting at home, sipping on one, handing out candy to uh, whoever decides to uh, trick or treat at your place? Uh, yeah, I don't have a costume. It's when you got the dogs. Uh, the dogs don't like it. Uh, Piper's actually terrified. She's she's cowering in my lap here, so I should probably take this <laughs> off. Poor Piper. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the hair a little bit. Uh, yeah, no costume, uh, uh, but I, I I'm fully in favor of all the uh, all the adults, big kids, little kids, whatever who dress up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wonder how many folks are going to be going as the Winnipeg Jets special teams because that is Yikes. that that is certainly uh, enough these days to to make you recoil in in terror, uh, given how uh, how ugly it's been. Well, and Mike, let me just say this quickly on the power play. I mean, <laughs> we, you know, Remo and I were talking about this right off the bat of the program. I mean, you look at, you know, the last five games and I guarantee you, if you'd said to, to me, Hey, you're going to get eight of a possible 10 points. Would have taken that. Yeah. Um, the fact that they have done that being at a deficit in special teams, pretty much every single night. Um, it certainly is a feather of the cap of the five on five play, but that's gotta be incredibly frustrating knowing how close this team is to even, having a better record than they are with uh, what they've done the last five. Well, you, you look at the last two games and the two points out of those 10 that they've left on the table and Hus, you can point directly at, at special teams. Um, you know, they, they get three power plays last night, including the lengthy one in overtime. They made a lot of really pretty passes. Um, it looked good, uh, but it wasn't very effective as they kind of kept to the perimeter and, you know, we've seen this movie before with the Jets. Us, like, they got a lot of skill, obviously, up front. And we're seeing that skill translate, as you say, into some solid five-on-five -five play. But for whatever reason, when the other team gets down a man, we see these Jets. And, you know, you can move the personnel around as they have. It's like they all get inflicted with the same virus. The 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 overpassing, the perimeter play. Um you know, and you watch enough hockey, you watch other teams and what they do. And sometimes it's just the most basic, simple, throw a puck at the net and wait for the chaos to ensue. And the Jets don't seem to do that nearly enough. And Well, first off, there was no chaos in front of the net. I mean, they kind of had that umbrella. I mean, they had three yeah. guys up high. Um, it, it, a very different, I mean, I think about the goal that Kreider scored, where... You know, the puck is basically shot straight at Connor Hellebuck. There's two or three dudes in the middle. Kreider, arguably the best tipper of the puck, maybe in the entire league. I mean, Hellebuck Other had no chance on that. Yeah. But, I mean, honest to God, um, that was, I mean, 
you're playing against Connor Hellebuck, who was on his game last night, much like the Jets had Shesterkin on the other side. Yeah. I mean, it's just almost basic that you need to take advantage of that extra man out there, make it a little bit harder for that goaltender to see the puck. And, and Rennie always talks about the snake charmer offense. I mean, they are at times they are really trying to get so pretty. And then it almost like the lack of success kind of just stops it. And there's not a lot of movement. And um, that is the sign of a struggling power play. And we really did see that at times last night. Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, goaltenders, you know, go up and down the the league. Goaltenders are so good these days. You're you're not beating, you know, you're not beating a goalie very often on an unscreened, you know, shot from long distance. Uh, and the Jets, you know, when they do shoot, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of of danger to it, and they make life relatively simple for the other team. And so. You're right. I mean, <clears throat> glass half full, maybe more than half full. They've they they haven't lost in regulation in five games. You can put some runs like that together in a season, Huss. Uh, you're sitting pretty, no question about it. Um, glass not quite half full. Well, they've left some points on the table. Not only these last two games, um, where you could certainly argue they deserved, you know, how they played five on five, and if they had taken advantage of their opportunities. We're probably talking about a five-game winning streak. Um, and, you know, couple that with early in the year, you know, the the late regulation loss in the whole, in the season opener to Calgary, the late regulation loss to Vegas. They have – it feels like they've left quite a few points on the table already. Now, over the course of 82 games, you know, you probably hope that this balances out. And they steal some points that they don't deserve. Because I think if you look, Huss, at the first nine games, I don't know if there's any game you could say where the Jets stole anything. Um, so, you know, they're 4-3-2. and two. Uh, Too early to really look at the standings, but they're in third place in the Central. So they're in a playoff spot. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it feels like they have yet to really take advantage of, of some of the really good things that they've done. And so if that starts to balance itself out and, you know, look, the talent on this team, um, you figure that the power play is going to start to click at some point. It just has to, right? It can't go, can't go a full season like it in its current state, I wouldn't think. Um, but it's going to probably take some creativity, you know, maybe back to the drawing board a little bit, um, looking at the, the schemes and systems and, to a degree, the personnel. I mean, they they flipped Ehlers and Perfetti yesterday, and I thought Ehlers kind of succinctly put it when asked, did you like what you saw? We didn't score, did we? So no. Uh, and that's the bottom line. It's a results-oriented business. And the Jets, you know, terrific five-on-five play. They're not getting the results on special teams, and, you know, it's costing them some games here. Well, and special teams, certainly the PK had always been a strength of the club. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I mean, the first week, I think it was influenced in in some ways by a, a kind of a rocky start for Hellebuck. Uh, but Hellebuck's playing lights out right now, and we're still seeing, you know, a power play goal going in most nights uh, as opposed to eight nine. out of nine, eight, eight of the nine games, and they've only scored in, I believe, four of their nine. So, yeah, when you're constantly losing the special teams battle, 
not only do you have to win the five-on-five battle, Haas, if you're going to win the game, you've got to win it handily. And that's not easy to do. The Jets have managed to to, to walk that tightrope a little bit. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, l- you look last night, too, like it wasn't just that they gave up the one. It's when they gave up the one, right? They got the 3-2 lead. Um, you're getting now into the later stages of the third, looking like maybe a, cl- a clean two points in regulation. And Brendan Dillon takes what I think we everyone would agree is kind of a needless boarding penalty. Unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. And, and you know, the Jets had just killed a penalty, in fact, at that point. Uh, I believe it was Adam Lowry was the culprit there. Um, so, you know, you survive that. And before the game, all the talk was about the Rangers' power play. It's pretty potent. They got a lot of talent, just like the Jets, but they seem to have a better idea of what to do with it on the power play. So you're playing with fire. You've killed off two earlier in the game, including you just finished one. You're still clinging to that one goal lead. Brendan Dillon, you know, throws a hit there that he really shouldn't. And so now you give them another chance. And I think you watch enough hockey, it was like, okay, well, you know, this one's probably going to come back to bite them. And Sure enough, it did. Well, and, and and listen, I mean, I know we've got a small sample size. We're whatever eight, nine games into the regular season, and I mean, there have been, uh, you know, as, as well as the Jets have played in so many ways. That penalty reminded me of one that drove me absolutely nuts, being in the stands in Edmonton two Saturdays ago. That Mason Appleton, who's had a great start to the season, took two hundred feet away from the net and against a team like Edmonton and. The way the Rangers are going right now, you can put their power play right up into that conversation. So, I mean, in some ways, they have been the authors of their own demise in these situations, just getting away from the discipline style you need to play against these teams that, you know, are coming in with uh, with nukes at five on four. For sure. And even the other night in Montreal, and credit to Adam Lowry, you know, as a captain, he's pointing the finger at himself. And Adam Lowry's been really good. You know, you look at his body of work through nine games, it's been very good. But he even pointed to his own penalty the other night in Montreal as what he felt was a turning point, saying, you know, I, I shouldn't take that penalty. The Jets were dominating the Habs. They get the power play. They score. And all of a sudden, the home team has life. So, you know, it's not just it's not just that they're losing the special teams battle. Just like Rick Bonus often talks about timely saves, timely goals. There's also timely kills. Uh, and the Jets maybe haven't gotten those. Like when they're giving up those goals, it's one thing to give up a power play goal in a 4 nothing game, you know, late in the game. Okay, who cares? Um, but where they're giving up the goals, it, it seems to really be turning the tide. So again, you know, the Jets' PK was a strength last year. The power play was up and down. Um Certainly getting Gabe Velarde back in the lineup here, uh, you know, maybe that lights a spark. And Huss, I don't know, you've been on the air here. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Gabe Velarde's actually on the road trip. He He's on the plane with the Jets to Vegas kind of as we speak. Now, before anyone gets too excited, uh, I do not expect, I mean, it would be a miracle. I don't expect he's playing on these three road games. However, uh, today is two weeks. That, there we go. Remus on the ball as always. Um, today is two weeks to the day that he suffered the MCL sprain and an injury that was projected to be four to six weeks. So if you're the eternal optimist, 
and you're looking at the low end of that four to six week range, we're talking about a potential return two weeks from now. The fact he's on this road trip, we'll see. I, I'm I'm off to Vegas tomorrow as well, so I'll get an update on the scene uh, in Vegas. But I'm curious to see if he, in fact, does start to skate. Um, you know, and with that injury, that not like we're talking about a, a wrist injury or something where you could keep skating. Obviously, the skating is the key here. Uh, we'll see how quickly he can maybe ramp things up, but uh, that would be an encouraging development for sure. Uh, because I think, you know, one thing you look at the Jets and the power play, and it was obvious last night, Huss, you mentioned it, that lack of net front presence, the the lack of chaos. Alex Iofalo's kind of playing that role. And he's a he's a good tipper. Like you've seen him score a couple goals already with the tip, but he's not maybe that big, you know, shift disturber that you kind of want in front of the net. Gabe Velarde, I think, could certainly fill that role. Uh and so, you know, the sooner they get him back, maybe that ultimately lights a spark. <laughs> uh uh, forgive me for being a a, a somewhat of a cynic. But as Remus pointed out to me, um, this is the Vegas, Arizona trip. Yes. Like, guys just don't want to miss that trip. I mean, uh, I mean they don't want to stay here in Winnipeg right we, now. We, we all remember Ehlers going on that trip last year. We were like, oh, geez, does this mean he might be back? Well, maybe no, he just wants to be with the fellas. That being said, the fact that he's walking around going with the team, it certainly isn't a bad sign. I'll say that, although it might be more about being with the team when they go to one of the best places in the league to spend a day off in. Yeah, and they're, they're going to have a little bit of time off here. I don't know if folks have looked at their schedule. So, first of all, they're doing something a little unusual here, Huss. They don't play till Thursday night. Normally, the Jets will always travel the day before a game. They're actually traveling two days before the game because they're getting on the plane as we speak. They're going to practice in Vegas tomorrow, and then they'll also hold their morning skate. Normally... You know, they would practice in Winnipeg tomorrow, then fly to Vegas in the afternoon. So they're getting a bonus 24 hours in Vegas. Um, so, they're going to practice that's on so Friday. Dangerous. That's so dangerous. I mean, come yeah. on. Maybe. What could go wrong, Huss? <laughs> what time's the practice tomorrow? Like five? No, I think it's <laughs> it's like noon, uh, noon Vegas time. So like two. Uh, <laughs> um, and then so they're going to play Thursday night. They're going to fly to Arizona. They will practice Friday uh, in Arizona. They're, they're playing Saturday afternoon, so there's no morning skate. And here's another interesting thing. Normally, the Jets go to the next city after a game. Well, they play at Mullet on Saturday afternoon, and then they don't play until Tuesday night in St. Louis. The Jets are actually staying in Arizona not only Saturday night, but also Sunday night. They're going to have a full day off in Arizona on Sunday. They're then going to practice again in Arizona on Monday, then fly to St. Louis later in the day Monday. So they're maximizing their time in the <laughs> desert, no question about it. Bottom line, they're getting to the desert on Tuesday afternoon. They're not going to leave until next Monday afternoon. These guys will have some nice suntans by the time they come home next week. Um. Listen, I have no insider info on this, but I would almost assume at this point that there would be, shall we say, a team event or two planned at this point. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if that rookie party is going to be um, Saturday night after the afternoon game, which may give them a full day of 
I would say R and R, but the key R would probably be recuperation after something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I suspect there will be a golf game or two uh, mixed in as well, possibly on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Connor Hellebuck might be the exception. He might go find a lake to drop a line in. <laughs> um, I still remember us la- last year. We were in Dallas for U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, I think the Jets were going to play, if I recall, the Jets played on the Wednesday in Minnesota. Then they flew to Dallas after the game and they were going to play on Black Friday. But they had Thursday off U.S. Thanksgiving. Almost every member of the Jets went to the Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game. Penny and I went as well uh, and Billick. Uh, Connor Hellebuck was the exception. He went and sat in a boat and fished. By himself it was the most connor hellebuck thing ever in the middle of texas um of all places so yeah he might find uh somewhere to go fishing on the weekend but i suspect most of the guys will uh will hit the links for a round or two as well and you know no doubt if you're the jets and their fans you're also hoping that they can grab uh, a few points on this road trip as well. Hey, speaking of Hellebuck, I mean, if anyone was concerned about the first week and uh, his first three starts, I think he's put that to bed. Yeah. He has been brilliant. I, I don't know about you. I thought LB was really fighting the puck on Saturday against the Montreal oh, yeah. Canadiens. Um, how do you think the goaltending, uh, the starts work, um, you know, over the course of this road trip? Three games, there is some days off in between. They've got a back-to-back uh, on the 17th and 18th back at home. Um, yeah. Will they try to get LB in a game and try and get him back into it? Or if Hellebuck's playing the way he is, might we see a little bit of a run here for 37? Yeah, I I still think they're probably going to give LB one of these three games on the road. And if I had to guess, it would probably be the St. Louis game next Tuesday. Um but perhaps plans, let's say the first couple games don't go as well as the Jets hoped, and maybe there's a little more desperation to salvage something on the road trip. Maybe that changes. I just think I'm pretty confident in saying Connor Hellebuck's playing on Thursday in Vegas. Uh, Lauren Bressois got the the first start of the year at home here against the Golden Knights. Uh, so I, I suspect the Jets will want to throw their best. And as you say, Connor Hellebuck, He's only played one game in a row, so almost guaranteed he's playing against the 9-0-1 Stanley Cup champs on Thursday night. Uh, And then we know Huss, he does love afternoon games. Now, you could look at this schedule and say, well, maybe, you know, with the relatively quick turnaround of Thursday night to Saturday afternoon, is that the game? If they're going to play Brassois in one of the three games on this trip, maybe they let him play that one, and then Connor Hellebuck gets the Blues next week. So I could see that maybe going that way, potentially. I just think that they do want, and I agree, Lauren Bressois in his two starts, uh, he he really looks like he's fought the puck. I think that we're going to see a, a much better version of Lauren Bressois as we go forward here. I really do. Um, and so I don't think by any means they're going to um, change the plan. And I think the plan has been, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, I, I thought Lauren Brassois might get north of 25 starts. We're talking now almost one out of every three. If if he's, let's say, he plays 27 games, that's one out of every three games. Um, so far this season, you know, the Jets have played nine and he's appeared in two. So it's like one every four and a half. Uh, I, I do think we'll see him probably get in one of these three. 
I'm just not 100% sure which game it would be. Uh, Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press getting us ready for this upcoming Jets road trip. He'll be jumping on the bird tomorrow and reporting from the desert for uh, the game on Thursday. Mike, over the last week or so, there's been a lot of talk about Cole Perfetti's ice time. Um, had not been seeing the ice at the end of third periods or in overtime in you know a couple close games. Scott Arneal, after a strong game last week, um, said as much afterwards. He's got to find a way to get those guys out in the ice more, and you know has done that. Obviously, the switch through. And listen, to me, I thought it was way too early to be talking about this, especially when the team had been winning. Uh, if anything, give the coaches a nod for doing what it take to win the game and and move forward. Um, but listen, you'll always, especially for younger players like that, that need to be impactful. Um, you know, you wonder why this was happening. Um, I'll say this Cole Perfetti over the last couple of games, especially last night is certainly doing his part to make sure that he's top of mind for the coach. That might've been his best game of the year last night. Um, and he's had a few really good ones. It had been the Lowry line that had been carrying the team for the last little bit last night. It was he Perfetti, it was he, Nikolai Ehlers, and Vlad Nemetsnikov. Yeah. Um, so what do you make of Perfetti's situation and how he's been responding on the ice with his play? Well, I think his play is doing the talking and very much sending the message to his coaches and management that he's ready for more. And, you know, Paul Perfetti, like last four games, he's got four assists, all of them primary, none of them has of, of the cheapo variety. No. Like he is... He is making some sensational passes, like racking up a a bit of a personal highlight reel here lately with just his vision. And I think that's that's something we've known about Cole Perfetti. There's never been a question about his smarts, his hockey IQ, or the way he sees the game. Um, But it's one thing to have that at, you know, a junior level or even at the AHL level. It's another to be able to process that at NHL speed and I think we're starting to see you know Cole Perfetti's um, brain his, his his very big brain catch up to the NHL game in a significant way and the results are are certainly encouraging and Cole Perfetti I mean that the way he's playing you simply can't keep him on the bench you know they should be looking at ways to actually get him and I think they are looking at ways the fact that he was moved on to the top power play unit um, is a good sign that they see that he's doing some things um, that they want to try and tap into and take advantage of so yeah I mean Cole Perfetti if he continues this kind of progression um, you know the kind of player that he was at the start of the year, the kind of player he is now nine games in and the kind of player he might be a few weeks, a few months from now. uh, It's certainly uh, encouraging to kind of view what that might be because he certainly looks to have taken a a big step here. Well, and and listen, I mean, another topic that, you know, we should mention when we're talking about that line is Nikolai Ehlers and listen, Ehlers is his biggest critic uh, usually is. And we heard that last night. Um, but it's sort of been a very uneven start for Ehlers. He missed training camp. First few games were a little bit of a write-off, to be honest. I thought he was excellent in Detroit, scored that big goal, um, did not have a good game in Montreal on Saturday night, and then came back with a good performance. Um, what do you make of Nick right now, how he's clicking or sometimes not with Nemestikov and, uh, and and Perfetti, although I think it's looked really good as of late, um, and the need for him to be able to bring that, but on a more consistent level for the club? Yeah, and I mean, 
Nikolai Ehlers, as you say, he can be uh, a streaky player and he can be a player whose confidence maybe goes up and down a little bit. And when he gets down on himself, sometimes that translates into his play on the ice. Um, you know, I think the, the the missing all of camp and that obviously it can't help but take a toll on you. Like you're now trying to get up to speed with with players that are a few weeks ahead of you in the in the sense that they've been playing some meaningful minutes and you haven't. Um, but last night and so two of the last three games for sure. There's there's something to build on there, and I think we're seeing with with Cole Perfetti and and Vlad Nemestikov you know, who may not ultimately be long for that line because it'll be interesting to see what happens, for example, when Gabe Velarde comes back here and if that's in a couple of weeks, what's the trickle down? I, I think, and you mentioned the Lowry line, like, are you taking Nino Niederreiter off that line? I don't think so at this point. I mean, things can change, of course, and, and maybe the way they're playing now isn't the case in a couple of weeks, but it looks like they found something really encouraging with that third line. So, you know, where does Gabe Velarde go? How does that all factor in? Does he go back with Connor and Shifley and then does Ayafalo move down? And does Perfetti move back to center where Nemestikov currently is? Like, there's a lot of moving parts here and it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, and I guess they'll cross that bridge when they get there. But I think, you know, Ehlers, he's a guy who can be a game breaker, a game changer. And we're seeing you know, some flashes of that for sure. The key now is to make it, you know, more the norm rather than the exception. And I think as he gets more games under his belt and for Nikolai Ehlers, because it's so important, as he gets a little more confidence, you know, a little more swagger into his game, that's probably a really good thing. And it seems like that pairing with Cole Perfetti, um, you know, the way they went in on that two-on-one and, 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 the goal yesterday, the wraparound goal, like that was a pretty, that was a confident play, right? By a confident player. And so that was a great sign. And the Jets will certainly want uh, more of those signs in, in the coming games. Mike, when, uh, when are we going to see Gus on Perfetti's line? Every time he's uh, out there, he scores in about five seconds. Yeah. Uh, old Perfetti is his personal setup, man. Right. Cause that's, uh, Primary assists on David Gustafson's two goals. And what, he went, what, four years, Huss, between scoring in the NHL. Now he went six days between scoring in the NHL. And uh, it's funny because, of course, Cole Perfetti and, and Gustafson are not on the same line. But that's twice now in kind of a blended line change. And the pass that Perfetti made last week on Gustafson's goal was was just incredible. Um, and his one last night was pretty good as well. So, you know, they, they do seem to have some chemistry. Um, so does does the Gus bus, you know, get promoted at some point here? Or maybe they just try and find ways to have those two intersect a little more on the yeah. ice. But, yeah, that's been a great development as well. I mean, and and don't forget, Huss, David Gustafson's only in the lineup because Gabe Velarde got hurt. Like, he was a healthy scratch to start the year. Talk about a guy who's... You know, and he did it in training camp as well. Uh, he had a really good camp. And he came in knowing that nothing was going to be gifted to him. Just to simply crack the 23-man roster was going to be a battle. And to his credit, and there was a lot of competition for that 13th forward spot, he earned it. He's now 
moved out of the 13th forward spot because of injury. And he's making a case to certainly remain in this lineup, um, you know, if and when they get back to full health. Um, Mike, you know, you came in just after we had Brad Lambert on and uh, pretty exciting start for the Moose and these young players. I mean, uh, and, and I sort of referenced, you know, Mark Chipman's interview with Darren Drager. And obviously there were much bigger things that they were talking about at that point. But what he was talking about, you know, the direction of the organization and mentioned the level of excitement in turning six players pro right now and seeing the contributions from these young guys right now with the Manitoba Moose. Um, I know you in particular pay close attention to the Moose, always have. Um, Who knows when we'll see some of these players, you know, get an opportunity up here, but um, early results, very, very good, starting with Big Bad Brad. Yeah, I mean, you look at at a 19-year-old who's, Know, making the the transition at the pro level to playing center, something he's done in junior, but that's not easy to do. And I don't care if you're talking the NHL or the AHL, you know, the second best pro league in the world, and he's doing it as a top-line center, which means he's regularly out there against the other team's best at that level. And he's 19. Like, he's going against seasoned guys in a lot of cases and absolutely tearing it up. And, you know, right behind them is Nikita Chibrikov as well, who a lot of questions about, okay, how's this guy going to transition to the North American game? Well, it's early, but he certainly uh, seems to uh, not be having any difficulties. And, yeah, you go up and down that Moose roster, there's a lot to get excited about, no question. Um, And the future does appear to be extremely bright. And I would put uh, Brad Lambert at the top of that list, at least playing pro that's not even touching on a guy like Rucker McGrory, who, oh, by the way, is leading the NCAA in scoring right now. Um, you know, the Jets have uh, Colby Barlow's tearing up the OHL again. Uh, Thomas Millich just recorded his first pro shutout in the ECHL. Like, there, there's a lot to be excited about uh, in terms of what's in the pipeline uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, as you pointed out, Mark Chipman certainly noted that in his chats last week. Well, and you know, I mean, you add in McGrory and you add in Barlow, um, you know, and Elias Salmonson, who looks so yes. good so far. I mean, like just stepping away from the minutia of the upcoming road trip and where the team is at right now. I mean, you know, doing a big picture conversation about the Winnipeg Jets and what this team looks like on the ice in say two years from right now. I mean, there's a ton of possibilities and certainly the fact that they have so many of those top young prospects that are coming into their own it does get people talking about what Kevin Cheveldayoff may or may not be willing to part with if they try to make a move to maybe shore up the blue line which I think we'd all agree is the one area where the Winnipeg Jets could really help to you know it would help them to to, to strengthen up. Well, and we haven't even touched upon another reason and he's still a very young player and very likely a huge part of the future in Vili Hainala, who, you know, was was really the story out of training camp. And if not for that that horribly timed injury, I suspect we might be talking about how great Vili has looked in the first nine games with the Jets, because I suspect that he would be playing a lot. And, you know, the hope, of course, is that once he recovers from his injury, uh, that he can quickly get back up to speed and 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 you know make make his presence felt in this lineup. So you're right. It, it, the Jets have, you know, they have a very deep roster right now at the NHL level. 
mm-hmm. but it's not like the cupboards are bare on the farm. In fact, in you know they're potentially overflowing here once a few of these prospects get a little more seasoning. And the other thing is the Jets can afford in some cases to maybe let let some of the fruit ripen on the vine a little longer than, you know, they don't have to rush guys. So you're talking about a Brad Lambert, you know, they don't have to rush him into the NHL right now just because he's playing really well at the AHL level because they have some depth up front. And well, it may be frustrating a little bit for the player and maybe fans who want to, you know, they want everything to happen quickly and kind of in the here and now. Um, I think history shows that sometimes letting good prospects marinate a little longer uh, ultimately actually benefits those prospects and the organization in the end. Well, and, and listen, while you bring up Villy, and we all know the, you know, the really unfortunate injury that kept him out of the lineup and, you know, will be for the foreseeable future, probably into around Christmas. Um, I do wonder about Declan Chisholm right now. He's not gotten into a game yet. I mean, the no. one time Nate Schmidt got uh, sent to the press box, Logan Stanley came in, and that was quickly reversed. And Schmidt, to his credit, has played better since being back in 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 the lineup. Um, how, wh- when do we see Declan Chisholm? What's it going to take for him to get in the lineup? And, and I guess part of that, Mike, is if he's in this situation for the next couple months, what happens when Billy returns? Because certainly I think he'll get back to the point where they're looking to get him in the lineup probably ahead of uh, of Declan. For sure. And, you know, we were just Kenny uh, Weeb and I were talking last night about that very thing. And I, I wondered, you know, at some point, are we going to see and I haven't looked into the exact details under the CBA of how it works. If I believe the player might have to agree to it. Oh, the uh, but I do wonder if stint. Right. And and, you know, because I don't know that it's doing uh, Declan Chisholm a whole lot of good to just be sitting and sure, you're getting the value of, of practice. Um, and, you know, a lot of extra skating because he's out there every morning skate and with the healthy scratches. So he's getting a lot of, you know, his conditioning wouldn't necessarily be an issue. Although it's one thing, you know, players talk about this all the time. There's kind of practice conditioning and then there's game conditioning. And he's just not playing any games anywhere right now. And so for a young guy who, of course, took such a huge step last year, what you don't want to happen, Haas, is to basically have a lost season. Now, nobody would ever wish for injury, but, you know, you look at the Jets and what they have with the eight defensemen, the fact that Logan Stanley was the first guy, you know, when they made that one-game switch, um, you know, that kind of told you right there that Declan Chisholm might be the, the eighth guy right now, a.k.a. the second man up, not the first man up. So barring you know, a couple of unfortunate injuries on the blue line. And sure, those happen in the course of a year. But I don't know that you want to just sit a player indefinitely, a young player, that is. Um, and that's why a guy like Kyle Capobianco was so good in that role last year. You know, a little more mileage under his his belt. Um, you're not worried about the development curve or anything like that with a Capobianco the way you maybe are with a Declan Chisholm. Um, the Jets ultimately chose to waive Capobianco and keep Chisholm, likely because of a waiver claim fear. And look at what's happened. Kyle Capobianco is lighting it up with the moose. And, you know, rather than sit in the press box, uh, now Declan Chisholm is kind of in the Capobianco role. And Capobianco is in last year's Declan Chisholm role. 
bit like a bit of a freaky Friday reversal there. Yeah, well, I'm sure Declan's liking the paycheck, but sure. he uh, is probably getting a, a little bit antsy to uh, get back into the lineup, and we'll see whether that does happen at some point soon. Um, on the bird tomorrow, out to Vegas, reporting uh, throughout the trip. Fill people in on uh, what's coming up in the free press on your travels. Yeah, I have uh, I have a story coming tomorrow I'm really uh, looking forward to sharing. I said a great one-on-one with Vlad Nemestikov, and the story is going to be a little different. It's not just a hockey story. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. A couple fun facts that people might not know. His uncle uh, is Slava Kozlov. Vlad Nemestikov grew up watching, watching the Russian Five in Detroit. Um, still got a great friendship with Nikita Kucherov. They, they still play video games uh, online on the regular against each other. And uh, Vlad Nemesikov told me a great story, actually, about starting off his hockey career as a little kid. He did not want to play hockey. Uh, his mom made him. He, he said he hated early mornings, never wanted to get up to go to early morning practices. Thank goodness his mom forced him to do it um, because uh, uh, things have turned out uh, pretty well. So that's sort of a, a fun profile coming tomorrow on Vlad Nemesikov. Also, of course, we'll get that update on on the scene in Vegas on Gabe Velarde, whether he's just there for uh, some fun in the sun or uh, if there's some work, uh, uh, you know, in in uh, coming up on his on his trip as well. Uh, maybe some skating. Um, so we'll see how his his rehab's going. And of course, three big games, including. Uh, the Jets trying to exercise some demons against those pesky Golden Knights and then a couple of big divisional battles. Arizona looked great. I know they were playing Chicago, but they just annihilated the Blackhawks last night. One thing about the Coyotes, they play well in their own barn. So, Huss, this will officially wrap up my bingo, my NHL Arena bingo card um, because Mullet is the one building that I have yet to experience. Uh, and so I will cross that off my list on Saturday afternoon. Oh, man, it's going to be uh, an interesting one. Yeah, that's a 3 o'clock Winnipeg time game, yes. 1 p.m. out in Arizona. So uh, make note there for your for your weekend scheduling. Um, Mike, just really quickly on the way out, I know it's a private matter, um, but you know a lot of people wondering uh, if we've got any good news to report on Judy Bonus, what's up with Rick, and is there any indication as to when he may rejoin the club? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it sounds like there is certainly some encouraging news. The fact that she is home from hospital, uh, that's obviously a good development. Um, you know, I, I think given the circumstances, if you're the bonus family, you probably don't want to be too far. And so this road trip, for example, you know, given where it is, that sort of thing. Um, you know, the Jets are home for five straight games after this road trip. Uh, they get a nice kind of two-week buffer. It's been a weird schedule, Huss. They've had two straight one-game yeah. homestands. Uh, so, you know, barely enough time to kind of drop off the laundry and and uh, and repack the suitcase. But they will get a couple weeks now when, when this trip ends uh, mid-next week. So I do wonder if maybe that's the targeted return for Rick Bonus. Um, um, you know, time will tell, obviously, and continuing to uh, to wish the best and and to keep Judy Bonus and Rick and the whole family uh, in our thoughts, indeed. Mike, travel safe and uh, enjoy the heat. Take it easy, and thanks for doing this great segment. You bet. We will, uh, I guess, touch base next Tuesday in uh, in St. Louis. Looking forward to it. Right on. Thanks so much, Mike. There's Mike yeah. McIntyre of 
the Winnipeg Free Press. We're going to shift gears to a little bit of football talk, playoff three-down football talk with John Hodge from Three Down Nation coming up. Of course, whenever we're talking bombers on this program, we do it for our friends at Princess Auto. Proud sponsors of the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Can tell you, I was picking up some tickets for the West Final with some friends yesterday. They are going quickly. I would suggest get yours now if you haven't already. And if you're going to the game, make sure to get there early and enjoy the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone outside the stadium. Two hours before kickoff on November 11th. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk and your Blue Bombers, the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them on Panet Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. A big happy Halloween to Joe and Spicy and Buck and Gene and all the gang down at Consolidated Supply. You know Consolidated Supply is the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and golf cars and vehicles from the Club Car Collection is the exclusive dealer in Manitoba. They've also got other great options for your property, including hot tubs, which might come in handy for the next few months, and amazing outdoor kitchens. And, of course, 12 months a year, they're the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at their showroom, open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Hey, speaking of that bomber game, um, you know, listen, it's middle of November in Winnipeg. You know that it's going to be uh, somewhat chilly. Um, if you need maybe a new bomber toque, a scarf, something heavier to throw on, but still repping the blue for the big game, get on down to Royal Sports, Manitoba's number one sports superstore. While you're there, check out the thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise. And heck, you might want to get ahead on the holidays. Um, one place where you can pretty much knock all the sports fans off very quickly off your list is Royal Sports with the uh, unmatched selection um, that you'll find anywhere. And listen, with hockey back, you know that Royal is for 40 years the undisputed hockey heavyweights in town, family-owned with hockey players working in the store to make sure that uh, players of all ages and all skill levels get suited up for maximum performance. It's all there at Royal Sports. 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. And just before we bring in John Hodge, I got to give a shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. I've often been at the BP Taylor for Monday Night Football. Was at St. Anne's one night. Was at Charleswood one night. Well, I was at the game last night. Ripped over there with my pal Murray, and we uh, saddled up to watch the end of Monday Night Football. No better place to watch Monday the Monday Nighter or the Jets game or the Bombers, or the CFL playoffs this weekend that your local BP, always with the game on, with the big sound as well. And then you can jump on those ice-cold schooners, world-famous Boston Wings and gourmet pizzas as well. And hey, if you are staying in, you can always get the great taste of Boston pizza delivered by ordering at bostonpizza.com. All right, we got playoff football coming up. This weekend, let's welcome in John Hodge from Three Down Nation. John, what's going on? Happy Halloween. How are you? I'm doing great, Huss. Thanks for having me. Um, Johnny, I, I wanted to talk. Uh, we've got to get to these uh, playoff games in the Canadian Football League. But to be honest, the thing that I've been most excited to talk to you about is how the Manitoba Bisons <laughs> are in the playoffs today. I have been talking about this 
with anyone that knows of it, anyone with skin in the game, anyone that has been involved in coaching in three-down football for the last three days, I appreciate you coming on. I know you touched on this at Three Down Nation. How the hell did the Bisons pull that off? And is that the most egregious case of coaching malpractice we've ever seen? I've seen some coaching errors at the NFL level, at the CFL level, at the amateur level. I've even seen terrible coaching decisions at the Madden level with guys calling bad plays late in the game (laughs) on the Xbox or the PlayStation. I'm not sure I've ever seen something as egregious as what we saw from the Calgary Dinos at McMahon Stadium. Just set the just to set the table, by the way, for those who don't follow Canada West football, which is yeah, fine. Remo, hold on this. Let 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 John play this out, and then let's play this with the sound because it really is crazy. We were so busy yesterday, we didn't get to it. Let, lay out the scenario, John. So so the Dinos started the year 0 and 5, and everybody wrote them off. And then they had a shocking upset win over UBC, who finished first in the in the conference for the first half since 1999. Then they have a shocking upset in Saskatoon over the Huskies, making them two and five. So coming into this game against the Bisons, if they won the game by more than 13 points, they would be three and five, and they would leapfrog the Bisons in the standings by the head-to-head record and the point differential being the tiebreaker. They were up 20 points with 12 seconds left in the game. Again, just needing to be up by more than 13. With 12 seconds left, it's second down. The Bisons did have a timeout. However, instead of kneeling and then Bisons calling their timeout and then just sending out their punter to run around like a maniac or even take a safety because, of course, they only needed to win by 14 or more. They didn't need to win by 20 or 18, whatever. They decided to run the ball. And that's when this absolute mayhem <clears throat> broke loose. Nick Conway scooped and scored off of a fumble. And then the Dinos decided they didn't want to cover Deshaun Lejeure, Bison's receiver, six foot four, 220 pounds, who was standing by himself in the end zone on the two-point conversion. And all of a sudden, we've gone from a 20-point lead with 12 seconds left to zeros on the clock, and the Bison's losing by 12, which, of course, under normal circumstances would be you know, a very depressing scene for Manitoba. But instead, they're going to the playoffs. And the local fans are devastated despite the win. Just an unbelievable finish. Let's play this clip, gang. If you haven't seen this, if you're on the podcast, you'll be able to listen to the announcers call it. I mean, we just get the start of the clip, so I'm not sure if they said, what the hell are they doing before the play? But this this is the way it looked and sounded. Bison's down 20 on defense with 12 seconds left in the season on the line. Have confidence going into that next game, as they should. Handoff, first down, Clark fumbles the football, it pops out, running it all the way back into the end zone, touchdown, Manitoba! Wow. All I can say is wow. Nick Conway picks up the loose ball and takes it into the end zone. Manitoba have confidence. Uh, they then scored. They then scored <laughs> a two-point convert. Well, the and Dinos. Listen. They it was a complete breakdown in coverage. Like like the the Dinos team that went zero and five to start the year showed up to finish this one out. I don't know who played those two games where they completely upset the two top teams arguably in the conference or the team that dominated the Bisons for the first 
59 minutes and 48 seconds. But, oh, my goodness, a shocking result. Shocking. It, it, it is nuts. And I would imagine – now, that that play put them down 14. We knew that 13 yep. was the magic number. I'm assuming the Bisons knew that if they just tied it, it was even, that there was another tiebreaker that didn't come out in their favor. So they had to go for two which they did, they got it, they lose by 12, and they're off to the playoffs. I'm interested, have, has the Calgary coaching staff commented on this at all? I mean, I know U-Sports doesn't get quite the same amount of coverage that, for instance, the Canadian Football League does, but has there been any aftermath that you've heard about this? Because I've been dying to hear any sort of explanation or just coaches owning it because, I mean, man, that decision really took away an opportunity for these young men that had earned it. Listen, I'm here for it because I'm a Bison guy. I'm glad they're in the playoffs. But to have it happen that way, I mean, these guys are professionals. These are a bunch of volunteers that are just, you know, popping in and putting in some time on the weekend. They get paid to do this. Yes, and I've I've not heard the the explanation from Wayne Harris. All I know is the Bisons did, like Brian Doby did have one timeout remaining. But when it comes to these late-game situations, we've seen teams oftentimes do one of two things. Either you you send your punter or a player with elite elusivity, right, quickness, uh, acceleration, all those things, speed, back, and they just kind of run around like a maniac to try to kill the clock. Or we've seen times where the quarterback will snap the ball and just literally launch it as far as they can. And assuming they can get three to four seconds of hang time, they can kill the clock that way. So obviously the Dinos were not prepared for one of those scenarios because, again, had they simply snapped the ball, ran backwards as fast as they could and taken the safety, they still have the points they need, the margin of victory that they need to go to the playoffs. So I, I've yet to see the explanation, us, but uh, wild to say the least. One of the most shocking, if not the most shocking results I've seen, not just in a football game, but possibly a sporting event, period. Um, John Hodge is with us. So uh, what does this mean for the Bisons? Uh, obviously, they're in as the uh, as the bottom seed. Um, here, I, I know a couple of people are asking for the two-pointer. We've got the two-pointer. We'll talk about Go what this it. means for the Bisons right now. So uh, you've seen the, uh, the touchdown to get them within 14. No time remaining on the clock. This play was make it and you're in. Don't make it and you're out. This is the way it looked with no time remaining on the clock. Game. Two points and Manitoba's in the playoffs. They don't get it and the Dinos go. Empty backfield. Tachinski rolls to his right. Throws it out to the flats. It's complete. It's in. Manitoba is into the playoffs with a two-point convert. And that will do it for the Dino season. Unbelievable change of events. Unbelievable. The absolute last thing that you could ever imagine or want to happen. And it does. Hats off to Manitoba. They took advantage. They made a play. So there you have it. There's the two-pointer. I've never seen a team so fired up after losing by 12. But <laughs> that was the, right? strange, the strange scenario that we had. Um, so fill us in on uh, what this means for the Bisons. Now, obviously, heading on the road is a big underdog. Yes, they're going to be in very tough against the UBC Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds, again, finished first in Canada West for the first time since 1999. They've got two certainly CFL, if not NFL, caliber offensive linemen. Giovanni Manu and Theo Benedet are two absolute monsters. And Isaiah Knight has had a ton of 
uh, opportunity to run behind them this year. And Garrett Rooker's had a lot of success throwing the football behind them. They got a tough defense, and so they just went into Alberta at Footfield at Edmonton and beat the Golden Bears 23-10 to secure first place in Can West. If this game was at IG Field, I think the Bisons could hang pretty well. Unfortunately for Manitoba, when they went out to Vancouver earlier this year out in BC, they lost, I believe it was 56 to 10. So the Bisons are going to be heavy underdogs in this one. You never write them off because this is Canadian football after all and anything can happen. But this is not an evenly matched uh, set of teams, at least right now. The Bisons certainly facing an uphill battle. Mind you, I should say, Jackson Tachinsky, the Bison's <laughs> starting quarterback, did not play due to injury in that contest. He alone, I'm sure, will make it a much closer contest with the dual threat ability that he has. But still, even with Tachinsky, Bison's in tough. Yeah, Tachinsky, unbelievable dual sport athlete, moonlighting with uh, Kirby Chef's hoops team as, uh, as well. And Ed, Ed Tate's son uh, over for Kirby on the Bison men's basketball team. I'll say this just to finish up before we get to the Canadian Football League. Yeah, they got waxed there earlier. Yeah, they're up against it. Yeah, they're going to be big underdogs. But a win in BC is still far more likely than pulling off what the hell happened that we just watched on Saturday. So folks, You're not wrong. that's why they play the games. Um, let's move on to the Canadian Football League. Uh, Bombers finishing it up with another win led by Drew Brown. Many of the starters off. And the Calgary Stampeders move on to BC. If you told me that these two teams were playing three weeks ago, I would have said, ah, don't even book off the time to watch it. We're going to see BC here. Calgary went in and put one on them with the starters playing a couple weeks ago. Um, how dangerous do you think the stamps are? Or is that just an overreaction to one sort of bad week for BC? And um, we'll be seeing the BC Lions here playing the Bombers on the 11th. Well, here's the thing, Huss. The BC Lions have a small defensive front. The Calgary Stampeders have two tackles on offense who have really struggled in pass protection this year. But the interior of that O-line is really good at running the ball, and they've got a great group of running backs. And I don't know why it took 17 weeks for a Hall of Fame coach like Dave Dickinson to figure this out. But suddenly, when he went to Vancouver for that meeting to which you're referring, he decided, hey, what, what would happen if we just ran the damn ball? What would happen if we just punched the BC Lions in the mouth? Because the BC Lions are the more talented team. I don't think you could argue opposite. But football, when it comes to that sport, physicality tends to be the evening factor in a lot of types of these games. And so if the Calgary Stampeders come out and they use Kadeem Carey and Diedrich Mickles, even Peyton Logan, who's kind of the lightning to Kadeem Carey's thunder, if you will, I do think that they could potentially win this game. We'll also have to wait and see what happens with Sion Tehama, the defensive end who punched uh, Calgary Stampeders offensive lineman and is facing a one-game suspension. There's yet to be confirmation regarding whether or not he will appeal the suspension, but it's possible the Lions will be without him. Now, Matthew Betts is still, of course, the Lions' best pass rusher, but one of the ways the teams have been able to nullify Betts is by, of course, sliding protection to him, which frees things up for the team's other bookends. So I do still think that the BC Lions will win this game, but you're right. I think for the blueprint that the Stampeders laid out, that physical run-first style that they that they employed for that game does provide kind of a roadmap for that mm. team to go into Vancouver and have some success. We'll get to the cool bet lines later, but BC's opened a six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Stamps. Over-under for the game is at 50. 
Um, meanwhile, Hamilton is in Montreal. Hamilton at one point looked like the a lost cause this season, arguably the worst team in the league. They have certainly have turned it around and played better in the second half of the season. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, and, and strangely, these teams just played last weekend in a bit of a warm-up, John. Uh, how do you handicap this one in the East? Well, a wild stat that ended up happening this season is that the Montreal Alouettes in seven games against BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto went winless, 0-7. Against everybody else, they were 11-0. Like that is that is the entire story for the CFL season. There are three top tier teams, then there's kind of five bottom tier teams, if you will, and then there's the the Montreal Alouettes who are very much in the middle. I think for that reason alone, they deserve to be. I believe they're three point favorites right now for that game, which I think is appropriate. I mean, the Tie Cats fought injuries at the quarterback position all season. Boldy by Mitchell and Matthew Schultz are both back. They are reportedly both. Going to see the field in this game. If you're the Ticats, I don't think that's what you had in mind when you paid Bo Levi Mitchell a half million dollars to come be the new face of your franchises, willingly taking him off the field in the playoffs. But with that being said, I, I do think that the, the Montreal Alouettes deserve to be the favorite here with the weather turning a little bit. You'd like to think that that very good offensive line they have will help open things up for William Stanback in the run game. And Cody Fajardo is not being asked to do a whole heck of a lot of that offense. It's a lot of ball control. It's a lot of intermediate short routes. But he hasn't made a lot of mistakes this year, and that's a big part of the reason why that club was able to beat so many lower-ranking opponents. To me, the concern will be, can this team get enough explosion plays to beat the top teams? Because this is a team that got absolutely killed in Toronto this year. They got crushed in Winnipeg when they came to IG Field, and they have not had any success against the top-ranked teams. But against Hamilton... I think they can get it done. John, uh, bringing it back home to uh, Winnipeg as the Bombers enjoy a few days off before starting to prep for that West final. A player move today. Markeith Ambles added to the practice roster. What's your read on this? Might we see him actually play at some point in the playoffs? And is this a bad sign for people hoping that Dalton Schoen will be available at some point in the postseason? It could be. I mean, that's speculation, of course. But Dalton Schoen was wearing a boot for the Bombers' last home game and uh, obviously was not available for the regular season finale in Calgary. I will say this is a team that played Chris Streveler in the West semifinal a few years ago with a broken foot. So if there was ever a team that was willing to shoot up a guy and have him go play, I mean, Dalton Schoen is a, is a pending free agent in a lot of cases. Those types of guys think about the future and, and what that could possibly mean for them, maybe not wanting to make the injury worse, but – I also think Sean has realized that the NFL is not happening, right? He had an NFL tour this past offseason, didn't get a look. And I also don't think that he's planning on leaving Winnipeg in free agency. They'll obviously have to free up a bunch of money in the salary cap to get him under contract. But I, I wouldn't be stunned, I'll put it this way, if Dalton Schoen did play in the West Final, though he obviously wouldn't be 100%. The other question I have, and we won't have an answer to this for a while, but Rashid Bailey seemed to pull up lame late in that Calgary game. Uh, the TSN cameras caught it. Uh, he was along the sideline as far as I saw at the end of the game. But to me, I think this is a depth move. They The, the club promoted Ravi Alston, rookie receiver, to the active roster in the regular season finale. He finished the game zero targets, zero catches, and an offside penalty. Like, not the debut that you'd want. And so as far as a veteran presence, I think Ambles brings that. He had almost 800 yards receiving with the Toronto Argonauts last year. 
uh, was a, a decent, I, I would call him like a number three, number four, maybe in the receiving core with Calgary a few years ago. But he's been on the street for the last month since the Stampeders cut him after he returned to Cowtown earlier this year. So to me, this is a very nice depth move that makes a lot of sense for the team. Obviously, again, we don't know what's going on for sure with Dalton Shell. We don't know for sure what's going on with Rasheed Bailey. And we know that Mike O'Shea will not give detailed updates to the media. Apologies to fans who are hoping for those. But to me, this time of year, it's about the depth. And so Marquis Thambles, I think, is a very nice depth addition for this point. Hey, just finishing off the look ahead to the West and East semi, which of the two teams, um, which team on the West and which team on the East do you think is the biggest threat to the Bombers and Argos, respectively? If I was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I, I, I mean, I, I think I'd certainly rather see the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, Jake Mayer is just, I don't think, capable of making the big plays. That receiving core outside of Reggie Bagleton has really struggled this year. And as much as Calgary's defense has done some good work, Previously against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that team has just not looked totally in it this year. So I think certainly BC would be the bigger threat. Though I do also say when it comes to cold weather, I do think that the, the Calgary Stampeders are more built for the cold for sure. as more of a run first team as opposed to BC, arguably the worst running team in the league. But depends on the conditions. If the conditions are okay in the West Final, you know, BC is certainly the bigger threat. If it's a really ugly weather game, uh, you could certainly make the argument it's Calgary. On the flip side, if I'm the Toronto Argonauts, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not scared of either of these teams. <laughs> You're 16 and two. You've got an unbelievable right season that, that you've had. I was at the Toronto Argonauts only close game against the Alouettes this year in Montreal, and the Toronto Argonauts looked like uh, a lion playing with its food. For, for three and a half quarters before just smacking them in the mouth. So if I had to pick a team, I would say Montreal. But honestly, I don't think that either team in the East can realistically, again, there's a reason they play the games, anything can happen. But I think the odds of us seeing Toronto in the Grey Cup are certainly no less than 95%. John, great stuff as always. Uh, pleasure having you on. Fill people in on uh, what you and the fellas have cooking at three down heading into the first weekend of CFL playoffs. And of course, U Sports playoffs as well. We've got all the U Sports matchups listed. We've got the Grey Cup odds. We've got all kinds of updated odds for, for the betting folks. And then also, I just wrote a column about CFL-wide attendance being up 3%. And Dunkster on Thursday and Friday will have some more news about CFL television ratings, not just for Week 21, but the season as a whole. You'll have to click on the article to read about it. But I do think that it's very positive news for CFL fans who are interested in that. So stay tuned. Hey, keep up the great work. Say hi to Dunk. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Huss. Anytime. There is John Hodge. Give him a follow at uh, John D. Hodge on X. And, uh, of course, check out his work over at Three Down Nation. Must visit for fans of the Three Down game. Um, it, it is also today is the NFL trade deadline. And I have been occasionally throughout the show refreshing repeatedly the trade tracker to see whether the Chiefs have been able to acquire a receiver. Unfortunately, that has not happened yet. There's still 10 minutes or so until the deadline. Quick rundown of deals so far today. Uh, the Packers have traded cornerback Rasul Douglas in a fifth-round pick to the Bills for a third-round pick. Uh, the Lions, coming off that big win last night against the Raiders, have acquired DPJ Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Cleveland Browns for a sixth-rounder in 2025. And the Commanders have traded their two 
big guys from their defensive line. First off, Chase Young, former, I believe, third overall pick in the draft, is on his way to San Francisco for a 2024 third-round pick. Earlier in the day, this is a strange one, the Bears traded for Montez Sweat. Second-round pick in 2024 going the other way. Here's the weird thing. Uh, Sweat's in the last year of his contract. So the commanders are opting for a draft pick now rather than a a compensatory selection they might receive if Sweat signed elsewhere as a free agent. The Bears must be planning on re-signing him for what will be a big ticket if they're trading a a second rounder to get him, even in what looks like a lost season. It doesn't look like the Vikings are moving Daniil Hunter. And that's a good thing because they did get some help at quarterback. Josh Dobbs, who'd been starting for the majority of the season with the Cardinals, is on his way to Minnesota um, for a sixth-round pick, and he comes along with a seventh-rounder. Of course, Kirk Cousins out for the year with the torn Achilles. Vikes did make one other move. They traded guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jags for a 2024 sixth-round pick. Um, you know, we'll probably be on after three o'clock, so we'll let you know if anything else breaks over the course of the uh, last few minutes of the program. Hey, um, got to give a shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Man, it is great having those craft beer corners open now at the arena. Um, got a chance to uh, enjoy a couple of my personal favorite, the Little Brown Jug generic lager there, but uh, we saw plenty of 1919s in the crowd as well. When you're at the rink, um, down North End, the old Moxies. Make sure to get down there. They've done an amazing job opening up more space. Great place to meet friends uh, at intermission. And, of course, get some of Manitoba's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, as well. And don't forget, at uh, November 11th, out at the uh, IG Field, 1919 is available. They're now an official partner of both the Jets and the Bombers. You can find the 1919s at the Poutinery locations and the hometown concession stands on both levels and both sides of the stadium. Best spot, though, to get your little brown jug is uh, down at the uh, Brewery and Tap Room on William Avenue. Try them all. Sit down for a couple pints. Grab takeout. Uh, as well as a great selection of merchandise. And you can also check them out online, littlebrownjug.ca, with local delivery options as well. Hey, I got a great note from our pal Nick. And, of course, we know uh, Nick and Nikki DQ has been with us since day one with uh, three locations in Winnipeg, the DQ on St. Nans, DQ Northgate, and the DQ in Niverville. But they've also got... The new Pita Pit out in Niverville, which is doing absolute gangbusters. Pita Pit, healthy, fresh, delicious, fast. It's also a great catering option. And Nick and Nikki can help you out with that. Catering, school lunches, holiday parties, birthday parties. They can deliver anywhere in the city or surrounding area. You can place an order for details or hit them up on email at Niverville at PitaPitMB.com or Instagram and on X at Pita Pit Niverville. Shout out to Nick and Nikki. And uh, as a, I know, Remus, you're a big Pita Pit guy. That That is a great little addition to uh, the Nick and Nikki family. Big, big Pita Pit guy. Uh, I go and I pick pretty much like every topping there or every, what, what do they call it? Ingredient? You go hard? I go options? hard there. Yo, put it on uh, the onions, mushrooms, green peppers on the grill. 
Uh, what else I got? Pickles. I mean, they got so many sauces. Might have to go get one right now, Huss. Yeah, I'm sort of getting hungry just having. I'm getting hungry. Think it, I go with the grilled chicken, but they got so they got a ton of ton of options. Huss. Cheese. Oh man, hot sauce. <laughs> I could go it, on and on. It, it would take a long time for us to go through all, a big. You know what? You were always the big honey mustard guy. Yeah, um, they got a good one there at, too. Back at the quiz, they have a great one uh, mm-hmm. at Pita Pit. So uh, yeah, Pita Pit Neverville open right now at Pita Pit Neverville on the social channels. Um, hit them up for uh, catering options, especially as we're getting into the holidays. All right, before we're done, let's hit these cool bet lines. I mentioned talking with John Hodge. Lines are out for the Canadian Football League. Um, two o'clock on Saturday, we get going with the Tie Cats and the Montreal Alouettes. The Alouettes are three and a half point favorites. And then at 5:30 from BC Place in Vancouver, it's the Calgary Stampeders in BC. The Stamps six and a half point underdogs. Uh, total in the Hamilton Montreal game 48 and a half, and the total in Calgary BC is 50. If you're wondering what the playoff uh, odds look like, the Argos, after their 16-2 and regular season, are the favorites to win the Grey Cup. They are at plus 115. And it certainly looks like a collision course of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Bombers, plus 155 to win the Grey Cup. BC next up at plus 650. Montreal plus 1250, Hamilton plus 1600, and the Calgary Stampeders are plus 2000. Hard to believe, Reem. The plan is for us to get out to uh, out east, what, two weeks today um, to uh, hopefully see the Bombers try and get that cup and get it on the plane and bring it back to Winnipeg. They better win. Uh, <laughs> they better be there because we're going to be there. And uh, I haven't been to a road Grey Cup, I've been to the Grey Cup. Here and uh, I'm still cold uh, from it watching uh, Mike Riley and Edmonton win, um, but I think it'll be awesome. And uh, again, hoping for, I'm uh, feeling good about whoever they're playing. And I, we think it's going to be BC, but uh, you know, stranger things have happened. They call it the crazy football league. And what is it? You know, I haven't even paid attention to when the semifinal. I only care about the West final. It's on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both games are, uh, I mean, both games Love are it. on Saturday. Love the Saturday. They've, they've moved, yeah. Great Listen, move. I, I, I get it. Great Cup Sunday. Great Cup is tradition. Um, but moving these other games to Saturday, a big win, I think. It'll be a big win, I think, for the television numbers. I think it works well for getting more fans in. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of NFL dominates their Sundays. But you get a big event like a playoff football game, hopefully get some more asses in seats in B.C., and in Montreal this weekend. Um, and then that Saturday, I mean, that entire weekend uh, is going to be phenomenal. We got the Jet game at 2 p.m., Bomber game at 5.30 p.m., and then uh, a day to watch a little NFL, relax, lick wounds, and uh, hopefully plan for a trip out to see the Bombers in the Grey Cup. Um, light night in the NHL tonight with it being Halloween but we do have two games. The Predators are in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. This line's moved quite a bit. I said to Dusty when we were doing the lock shop today, it seemed like a bit of a rat line. The Canucks were only minus 131 favorites, and the Preds were plus 111. Um, Vancouver's already beaten Nashville in Nashville this year. Well, we've seen some action come in on the Canucks at home. Canucks now minus 144, and the Predators plus 123. And then... 
We are earlier tonight. We've got the uh, kickoff tonight in Toronto. The Maple Leafs back at home after a five-game road trip. First game back on home ice, taking on the Kings, who've been really good in their last six, four, one, and one, going the distance, but not getting the extra point in OT with the Vegas Golden Knights. I love this spot for the Kings, Remus. I think I'm going to put this out wearing the Lucha mask for my daily pick at Cool Bet Canada and trying to run the winning streak to seven in a row. Um, but I'm going money line. Kings plus 135 tonight against the Leafs. What do you think about that? I actually like that. I was putting together uh, what DraftKings lineup tonight. Had a nice night uh, last night on there. And I was I like Vancouver, first of all. I think Vancouver is actually good, which is crazy because they were so terrible last year. Uh, Thatcher Demko's back. He was hurt last year. But, yes, I took uh, the Kings as road dogs. I think they play... Tough and I like how they're they got you know talking about the Jets uh, depth. I mean they got their third line right now as PL and Kevin Fiala and there was second line with Deno, Moore, Kaliev, Papa and Kopitar, Kempe. They got a, a nice trio of lines there. And how can we forget former Jet Trevor Lewis still uh, kicking around there? Yeah, on, on the four on the fourth line. We thought he was he's been like a couple years since he was on on the Jets. He was on Calgary now back at the LA. So. Uh, uh, sure, if you want to pick an underdog, I'll go with uh, L.A. here. I like I like L.A. tonight. I mean, the other thing that um, will be a must-watch if you're uh, sitting at home or got a TV while you're giving out candy, World Series Game 4. Um, I bitched about this early on uh, with uh, on the lock shop today. Robot umps cannot come fast enough. Marino got absolutely robbed in that first at-bat in the ninth inning. Um, Should have walked. Would have been, I mean, you know, all of a sudden you got the tying run at the plate with no outs. Instead, completely jobbed them out. They never really made much happen. But a big win for Texas to kind of regain home advantage. Um, listen, this is more of a heart pick. I mean, I can't say I've really handicapped and broke down this entire series, Reem, but I'm certainly hoping and leaning D backs tonight to get this one to 2 2 and guarantee us of at minimum a six game World Series. Yeah, let's go with that. I think. Who do we pick yesterday? Uh, the you know I think I've picked every game wrong going back to game <laughs> six of the CS. I said that yesterday, and yesterday uh, we couldn't go with Scherzer just because you know he has been kind of rusty, and then, you know I think he got pulled early, and they ended up winning. And so I don't know. We'll go with the D backs here, but I've been wrong every time, so I can't even. And uh, is it Dallas Garcia? But he got hurt, and do we know? If he's available, it says they're optimistic. He uh, had some side tightness. That would be a big loss for them. Yeah, he looked like he had a bit of a McDavid yesterday coming off after a, uh, after an at-bat. Um, Heaney pitching for Texas. Yeah, uh, he's not. He, Heaney's not, not good. And uh, I'm a big Andrew Heaney guy. I've been taking him in fantasy for years. He is very inconsistent. And I think it was one of your picks of the day in the last series. You picked Houston. To beat them, and he definitely lost. So I don't. Yeah, I would definitely go with uh, go with Arizona if he needs uh, pitching. And and like, there's no pitching props for Zona because they're starting a reliever um, tonight. Um, Joe Mantley, uh is getting the start. He's two and zero in the playoffs, uh, and he's got what a four point two six ERA. Uh, he's not probably expected to go deep, so they'll be working the bullpen and trying to get to Heaney. Early right now, D-backs again, slight favorites, minus 111 at home. The Rangers, minus 102 tonight. Total runs in the game, nine and 
uh, half. Um, can get on over to Coolbet if you haven't played there before. Use the promo code WST. Hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. And make sure to join us daily before Winnipeg Sports Talk at noon over on the Edmonton Sports Channel with myself and uh, everybody's fave, Dustin Nielsen. Um, great show today, Remo. Banged a lot off today. And uh, uh, for folks that joined us late, make sure to get back to the beginning of the show and check out our conversation with Brad Lambert, who seems to be really feeling it early this season with the Moose. Yeah, what a show. And if you want to see Brad Lambert and the Moose in action on Sunday, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest, or just go to the website and click on, on contest at the top. I think on, if you're on mobile, there's like a three dots on the side to bring up the menu, top right to bring up the menu there. But it is there. You can enter and get a chance, and we'll pick the winner late Friday. But yeah, we had Brad. A nice look ahead to the, a nice look ahead to the uh, Jets road trip, which involves a lot of off days in the sun. Uh, it's probably a good time with all this snow here. And we did talk about Gabe Velarde. I wanted to weigh in, of course, Gabe Velarde. Is going on this trip. It has nothing to do with him being close. There, you see it outside here. There's snow everywhere. Hopefully and it's to, both. Hopefully it's both. They're going to Vegas and Arizona and have an off day on Sunday. He's like, guys, I'm I'm coming on this trip. I can't can't be here. He's been feeling in LA. pretty good, coach. Feeling pretty good, coach. He's he's been in L.A. the last couple of years. I think he's. I know he's from what uh, Kingston area. Yeah, he's, he's a Canadian dude. Yeah, I mean, but come on, you get these, you get used to the sun all the time. Look at it outside; it's not that cold. Thankfully, it's like minus zero between zero and minus eight, so it's it's fine outside. But there's a lot of snow. I gotta sh- I gotta go shovel so people can uh, ring my doorbell later tonight. You know what I'm looking forward to tomorrow is the Remus Halloween analytics report tomorrow. Yeah, we got the spreadsheet ready with uh, broken down by years. Uh, segmented by hours, so we know when to expect a lot of people this year. So I'm curious how how it goes. Although, uh, yeah, I think my wife's got that on, on her computer. I think it's still around. What uh, what's Evans? Uh, what's Evan dressing up as? He's Superman. Superman, nice. Uh, do you have Sadie? Was she a little bean or something like uh, that? We had a lobster costume for her, and she's uh, actually celebrating a birthday tomorrow. She'll be one, which is hard to believe. Whoa, big day. That oh, That is crazy. Yeah, last year we had Halloween, and the next morning we uh, went to the hospital. So uh, I guess we've got to get used to the birthday the day after Halloween every year now. Well, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you and the fam have a great time. Hopefully mm-hmm. all of you with your families or kids or uh, neighborhood kids popping by have a good time. I'll probably be watching some hockey, the World Series, and eating all the Halloween candy myself. That's uh, pretty much par for the course, I think. Um, great show today, though. Thanks to everyone that jumped in. Um, hit the thumbs up if you haven't already, please. Always appreciate that when folks do that. And uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. You don't want a 619 from the host of this program today <laughs> on, uh, on Halloween. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Um, it'll be a good one tomorrow. I think Marat's going to join us. So we'll have... A little bit more. Nice to have an off day. Um, So we'll see. um, It'll probably be late. So I doubt we'll have any audio from the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow. Um, But we'll certainly kind of maybe do a little bit more of a segment of around the league. Talk a little more football post NFL trade deadline. Just one more look at the uh, one more look at the ticker. 
and I don't see the Chiefs acquiring any receivers. So uh, hopefully our receivers will learn to catch going forward into the rest of the season. But uh, thanks to John Hodge, Mike McIntyre, and Big Brad, Brad Lambert, the Lambo with the Manitoba Moose. Great stuff. And thanks to Dan Fink. Don't forget, Moose at home on the weekend. Go to winnipegsportstalk.com if you want to win tickets to one of the games. We'll give those out later on this week. And uh, we'll definitely get Fink on. Um, It's been a great start for the Moose. Mm -hmm. We'll uh, talk to him on Thursday or Friday, setting up the games on the weekend. And uh, Thursday night, we got that late one for uh, the Jets and Vegas Golden Knights before that matinee, 3 p.m. Winnipeg time on Saturday as the uh, team hits the desert. Oh, yeah. Uh, Big late one. And one more thing before we go. Big shout-out to Norm Grodecki, says gave us a super chat. He says, great running into you at the game last night and chatting for a bit. Keep up the great work, Norm from Saskatoon. Oh, Norm, right on. Yeah, Norm was with a bunch of buddies from, um, uh, they were all in uh, some Ranger gear, and uh, I happened to pop by and see him when uh, we was uh, around the craft beer corner of all places. And uh, shout out to uh, the other listener that uh, got me a generic last night. It's always nice to uh, reap the benefits of doing WST in the form of, of a delicious ice cold little brown jug. Really appreciate that. Made a little convo about a couple bad beats coming out of the frozen frenzy. He, like I, still mad about that Detroit cracking game last Tuesday. But uh, it's on to Vegas for the Winnipeg Jets and uh, on to a big slate of games tonight. And of course, on to handing out Halloween candy this evening as well. Um, folks, have a great night. Um, do it safely. Have fun. And uh, join us tomorrow as we kick off another month of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, I still can't believe this is episode 666 on Halloween, but uh, it's just the way it worked out. Very spooky indeed. But um, anyways, you have yourself a great night. Thanks to everybody in chat, all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, everyone participating in chat, and of course, all of the wonderful guests that make this show happen as well. Have a good one, gang. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. to kick off November on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.